Friday, July the 16th, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Are you sick of me yet? We had a a lot of uh, content this week. Probably not really more than as far as like overall content as uh, as we've had uh, some other weeks, but it's the way the schedule was. I think we ended up having four shows. Is that right? Like Monday... Yeah, this is on the week the fourth. We wanted to make sure we got all the uh, the, the uh, opening days covered from Delmar and from Saratoga and opening weekends and everything good uh, taken care of for you. So next week we'll probably be able to get more on a, a little bit of a set schedule, focusing in on uh, like Wednesday through Saturday racing uh, as the focus for the uh, the next kind of couple months of the summer that will kind of build shows around those racing dates and then we'll fill in with everything else that we've got going on you know uh, Marvel stuff next week we'll have uh, Loki and uh, Black Widow recapped for you if you're a fan of the NBA and you want to uh, get some of the thoughts on the game four recap just put that together for you on our last episode with Eric so um so much happening, and on this particular show, I'm really excited uh, about a, a couple different interviews that we have for you, a couple different first-time guests. We've got Dustin O'Hara, who is America's number one sports fan. I've known Dustin, um, just gone back and forth with him uh, for probably like a, a decade now uh, on social media, and Dustin is literally that. He is a fan of everything. He loves all sports and he just started a new show on social media on his Twitter uh, where he does a preview of a lot of the big uh, sporting events coming up in the day and then he does a recap at night and it's just a couple minutes and it's really good. If you are just someone who wants to kind of know what's coming up or if you maybe miss some things, it's you get a very good idea of uh, all the major things that happen in sports in just a couple minutes. So we're going to talk to Dustin about that, about all the sports uh, that he loves and about a little bit of his history. And then my buddy Ben joins me. It's funny, <laughs> I, I butcher Ben's last name every time. Like I was asking him before he came on, is it Coonley or Keenly? And it, and he says, and I say the opposite every time. I'm just like so dyslexic with it. Ben is a good friend of mine, one of the bigger Dodger fans um, I know, and he's really sharp when when it comes to Dodgers, and he's a very good, uh, very good baseball uh, mind to discuss the Dodgers with. So Ben joins me. If you're a Dodger fan, you'll really love this uh, interview. We go about 40 minutes talking about everything that happened in the first half of the season for the Dodgers, then kind of previewing and making some predictions for the second half. Then we will get into horse racing. So for Saturday, we've got three different tracks for you. It's the Haskell over at Monmouth. So we've got a look at Monmouth Park. Um, I've got some thoughts on races 5, 8, 10, 11, and 12. We get the Saratoga. We're going to peek in at races 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We get to Del Mar. We're going to peek at races 4, 8, 9, and 10. So tons of Saturday racing there. And then we get to wrestling with Chad Cooper. The fans are back. This is going to be a Friday SmackDown show where the fans return to uh, WWE shows. The fans have returned the last few weeks to the AEW shows, and when I say fans returning, I mean they're back on the road. Now, there have been some instances where there have been fans around, but back on the road, traveling, and and energy now, and so Chad and I, like always, and this week in wrestling, we're going to give you thoughts on all of the major wrestling shows. We go over WWE Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW Dynamite. We bounce all around on this episode of That's What G Said Podcast. That is brought to you by... Better than dot Vegas. 
So go right now on uh, on Twitter if you can and give them a follow at BTV Bets, the website better than dot Vegas. It is a website that will help you out if you're a gambler, if you're a better, free content every day. A bunch of different handicappers and gamblers from all around the world will post videos giving their thoughts, their analysis, all of their best bets throughout the days, things that they are playing. Always free for you to listen. Always free for you to watch these videos. And you can you know, subscribe to different people's channels and you'll get alerts every time they uh, they drop a video. I'll post a video coming up in just a little bit, a couple hours for uh, for Friday, some baseball stuff. So, better than dot Vegas, totally free. If you follow them on Twitter, every single night, literally giving away money by uh, having people who follow and just retweet the polls and just interact with them on social media, they'll give... They'll pick winners, and those winners will um, get a parlay, and if that parlay wins, you keep the money. I mean, they, they are giving you away money there. Uh, it's a great site. They're just trying to get people to interact and check out the weekly showdown. Weekly showdown, it's a lot of fun. If you are someone who um, bets for a living, if you just do it for fun, if you have uh, some kind of a site or something where you post content, if you end up posting some of your wagers and your videos on better than Vegas every week there's a weekly showdown and if you end up having the best week of anyone you win money for nothing it doesn't cost anything to enter all you have to do is uh, is register an account and start creating videos check it out better than dot Vegas and all that content is free and it's brought to you by manscape.com when you use the promo code two idiots t w o i d i o t s it'll get you 20% off and free shipping on your order from manscape.com so we will get into our first interview number 1 sports fan in america dustin o'hara dustin loves everything you name it all sports racing uh, sports at all levels someone that i knew uh, I, I know locally he uh, went to school not far away from where I went to school here in high school, growing up in Southern California here in the San Gabriel Valley. So, uh, Dustin, you see him on social media. He is truly America's number one sports fan. Let's get into it with Dustin O'Hara. I'm really excited to introduce uh, today's next guest here on That's What G Said. Uh, I have been uh, following Dustin and have been back and forth with Dustin on online for years. And I've got to say, I don't think I've ever seen somebody who is as big of a sports fan as Dustin O'Hara. I, I have to say, he is someone who loves everything. You name it, we're talking uh, high school sports, college sports. Baseball, basketball, football. He loves horse racing. And uh, Dustin has started a new show on his Twitter account, uh, number one, America's number one fan show. And it is great. Dustin does little recaps every day of all the big things happening in sports. He talks about the, the things that he's liked in sports. And he's going to join me right now. Dustin, thanks for joining me. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm I'm really excited to have you because you and I um have have I think we've followed each other and we've we've uh, interacted on Facebook and Twitter and social media and stuff for uh, for many years, but I think this is the first time where we've really we really talked, and um I, I'm really happy to have you as a guest here. So first off, 
you just love sports, huh? It, you can tell you, it doesn't really matter um, at what level, high school, college, pro. You just seem like you are a huge sports fan. Yeah, I really love sports. Um, my my whole family is into sports. Uh, I really got used to it, like, ever since basically I was born. Um, like you said, we've been friends for a long time. I start following you when you were on TVG. That was my first love, the uh, horses. Uh, my dad, John O'Hara, he used to be a trainer, bloodstock agent. And every summer we used to go to Del Mar. And uh, during that time, the jockeys were Chris McCarran, Eddie Delahousse. Yeah. And um, they used to call me the mayor of Del Mar. And I used to... <laughs> Yeah, and I used to walk around the barn area, and they were all say hi. And I used to wear like the uh, uh, hat, and like at the after the races were over, I used to watch the nightly uh, horse racing show, and I would ride my pony on my, <laughs> my rocking horses. Oh, that's great! I remember the re- the recap show. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch that with my dad all the time too. So, um, and you, uh, you and I actually—I don't think we live too far away from each other. You are—you're uh, in Southern California, right? I think you went to Glendora High School. I actually have a couple cousins that went to Glendora High School. Um, my dad—I lived um, in Temple City my whole life yeah. growing up, so we're not too far away, huh? You're a Southern California guy. Yeah, I—I was—I uh, used to, uh, but we moved to North Carolina. Uh, like last October, but I was born and raised uh, in Southern California. I was born in Pasadena. Um, I used to live in Morovia, like 15 minutes away from Santa Anita. Yeah, yeah, we were right there. Yep, I grew up right in uh, Temple City. I went to school in Pasadena myself too. So um, I always loved seeing you post about a lot of the local um, high schools because you seem like you were a big fan of even the local sports. You'd go and you'd post. And and what I love too is you wouldn't mind men's, women's, um, any sport, football, basketball, track, yeah. you, you name it. You just seem like you really enjoy um, everything that, that sports brings and yeah. and you have such a passion for it. So um, high school stuff was fun. You seem like you really enjoyed going to a lot of the local games too. Yeah, uh, I graduated from uh, Glendora High School and uh, last year uh, I got crowned the uh, number one sportsman for that school and they gave me a big old uh, they gave me alma mater jacket and wrote a big letter on uh, 210 sp- prep sports. So it was cool. I really liked it and I enjoyed following like where the people start and then like where they go to college and go on from there. So uh, Dustin is now uh, on on Twitter and on social media doing a really good job where you will post your uh, nightly sports report you'll yeah. give a little overview on everything going on in sports it's really great because if you're someone who um, i just saw my friend dave weaver he posted that uh he said thanks dustin i was driving to del mar i missed everything that happened and now i'm up to date so that yeah. that's what's great about uh what you're uh, you're doing with your shows and some of your nightly sports reports yeah if, 
it's score. It's sort of like what it used to be on ESPN Sports Center, right? You get a little recap of 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 all the major things that happen and of all the big sports that you uh, that you were watching. Yeah, um, like uh, the other day, someone said uh, I told them uh, it's it's like the same thing, but minus the uh, the commercials. Exactly. <laughs> no, no fluffy commercials, right? You get just really good information all yeah. the way through. And yeah. and what I like about uh about your show and what you and I were kind of talking about too is is the variety. You talk about everything. And yeah. right now is a really fun time because there are a lot of different sports happening. Um you and I are recording this show on Thursday morning and we're actually recording a little bit before Saratoga even starts. Um, so I didn't want to talk too much about the Saratoga races because uh by the time people hear this, they might have been over, but you you're a big fan. You talked about Del Mar. You're a, a big fan of racing. So I'd imagine right now with the this these days coming up with Saratoga and Del Mar, that's pretty exciting, huh? A lot of a lot of work and a lot of fun races. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to all the uh, the uh, summer racing, and uh, that's gonna lead up into the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar this year. It's a very fun time, and I I enjoy watching the. Uh, the baby races the most. I'm really into the uh, two-year-old races. They're so fun because we get to see those future stars, right? Yeah, yeah. We get to see a couple, and we go, "Oh, that's a nice horse." And then we we sort of we follow along on their journey. You know, yeah. that's kind of a that's a really and it seem um it seems like that's something that you really enjoy with sports too because you know talking about how you like watching players when they start in high school. And then you get to see them go from high school to college yeah. to the pros, you know, and, and um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the uh, the sports that you're watching right now. So with uh, with the NBA finals, um, we are recording and now it's tied 2-2 or have you been watching and paying attention to the NBA series? Yeah, it's, it's getting really good. Uh, Phoenix won the first two, and then now Milwaukee tied it up at two games apiece. Um, uh, Chris Middleton had a big game yesterday. He scored 40 points. Um, I, myself, want Phoenix Suns to win. I'm a huge uh, Devin Booker guy. I followed him since Kentucky. Uh, he, he scored 42, but they still lost. I think overall... Um, the series might come down to a game seven, uh, which fans will love to see. And I, I hope Phoenix wins. Yeah, I think you're right. It feels like these are evenly matched teams. They've gone back and forth and back and forth. You you hit the real important points. Chris Paul um, and, uh, and Giannis, they've had great games. But last night, it was more about Middleton and it was more about Booker. And they were going back and forth and back and forth. And uh, it ended up being uh, the Milwaukee Bucks who were able to tie it up two games to two. And so you're right now we're as sports fans, we are hoping fingers crossed. We just love good games, right? Like last last night was a good game. We don't want to see 20 point blowouts. We want to see close games. Yeah. It it was really close throughout. And um, it was not, the league didn't get bigger than eight points, which is, very close, intense games. Awesome. That's what we love to see. And uh, Milwaukee was able to battle through. 
Giannis had a couple really great blocks late in the game And they pull out the win So the series is now tied two games to two And we're going to have game five of that series on Saturday night And um, and now when we are having our conversation, Dustin um, The baseball second half of the season is about to start So we're just a couple days after the home run derby And the all-star game So uh, I know you're a big baseball fan um, Having been out here in Southern California Are you a Dodger fan? Yes And uh, how, do you think, how do you think uh, the Dodgers have done so far? And um, give us a little bit of your thoughts of uh, With the second half of the baseball season coming up uh, the Dodgers, I think, have done pretty good. Um, just the the Giants, uh, they're still in first place. Uh, 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 really surprising everyone. Yeah. I, th- I think the Dodgers are, are doing good. Um, they, they're starting to get all their hitters back and are doing good. Um, the Trevor Bauer incident doesn't look too good, so I hope we solve that maybe at the All-Star deadline Yep. Uh, at the end of the month. But other than that, I really like how our team is. The NL West has the three best teams in the, in the whole major league. <laughs> it does. It, it does with the, with the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers. And everybody sort of thought it was going to be the Dodgers and the Padres. And like you said, the Giants have been the biggest surprise in all of baseball. I, I think you hit the, the point with the Dodgers. They, um, they played well, and they still had a lot of players missing, right? Yeah. I think about how many guys throughout the years so far. It was Bellinger right off the bat, and he got hurt. And then yeah. it was Seager. And yeah. and then Dustin May got hurt And then Kershaw missed a little time now And Mookie Betts missed some time there Muncie missed some time like Everybody took turns uh, getting hurt And it feels like they're all starting to get healthy And come back together So I'm I'm a big Dodger fan too We've, uh, we've been able to celebrate some of their good years uh, recently I think they're in good shape But knock on wood I, uh, I agree with you I think, I think they're going to make a trade now Knowing that they probably won't get Trevor Bauer back And hey, how about someone like a Max Scherzer Wouldn't he be great for the Dodgers? Yeah, yeah that'd <laughs> that, be awesome That'd be a lot of fun there um, To put up uh, on the with, the with with Bueller and with Kershaw So uh, Dustin and I will have a lot of fun Watching these Dodgers the second half of the year And I'll have to bring you back on, Dustin uh, To talk more about the Dodgers As the season gets on and closer to the playoffs And we can do a little uh a little uh, preview and, and give some thoughts about the Dodgers come playoff time That sounds good So Dustin, be, uh, before I let you go We are in a really fun time Like I said, we've got horse racing We've got uh, basketball going on We've got baseball going on We're going to start getting uh, previews And everything for football uh, Tell uh, everyone else out there uh, A little bit more about your show And then tell everybody how we can follow you On social media and how we can follow your show Okay, so um, my show is, uh, username is um, uh, A-M-E-R-I-C-A underscore one. Uh, America's number one sports fan should be the uh, name when it pops up. And what I do is I give a morning report on the day's big sporting events. And then at nighttime, I usually recap those events or uh, any other big sporting events at night. And uh, 
I'm telling you, if, if, as just as all of you heard with Dustin, he is really sharp, and Dustin knows all sports. He knows all levels of sports, men's, women's. If there's anything important going on, you know, um, even last week you were talking about Wimbledon. You were talking about, I mean, a- everything that's going on. That's what I like about you. You just, you really, uh, you take it seriously. You have fun, but you you do your homework and you come yeah. really well prepared. And it's it's a great show for everyone who wants to get. Just like Dave said, it's a perfect way you can for a few minutes you get caught up on all of the big stories. Yeah, it's uh, not too long. It's short and sweet. You can like pull it up when you're eating breakfast or like before you go to bed. You could check on and see what happened. And it is it is perfect. We're talking about uh, America's number one fan, and you can follow Dustin on Twitter and on that, and you can get that show at. America underscore one Dustin you were awesome man This was so much fun Um, You're one of the, a few people that I could really talk about A bunch of things with Some people I can talk horse racing with But they don't really uh, get as much Into some of the other sports And 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 you you were Someone that grew up local with me too I feel like you and I could sit down And, and talk for a couple hours about all the stuff That we yeah. have in common right <laughs> Yeah thank you very much Dustin, it was so much fun talking to you. Uh, good luck at Saratoga. Good luck at Del Mar coming up with all your plays. And uh, and thank you. I'm going to have to get you back here again soon. And um, I really, really think you do a great job with your show and all the work you do. Thank you very much. And uh, it was fun uh, being on your show. I really appreciate it. We're going to have to get you back very soon. Make sure to give Dustin a follow. Make sure to give him a follow and, and check out that show uh, each and every day. Uh, Do not go anywhere, folks. We're going to take a little break. We're going to hear from uh, one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back on That's What G Said. As you can see, Dustin is really sharp. We bounced all around, and you're going to get a variety from Dustin with his sports show every single day. So make sure to give him a follow there on social media. Um, He has a passion for sports. He just loves it. You can hear it in his voice. You can see it when you watch the videos uh, uh, that he posts. He loves everything, and he's very, very – he's super prepared. I was going to say, you can tell – and it's not easy to, to bounce around. Um, the recent video I think I just saw of him. Um, I remember I mentioned that we recorded this on th- early Thursday. I just, I think, saw his Friday video. He's talking about golf in the mix, too. He'll talk tennis, like everything. Not easy to do, Dustin. You're, uh, you're doing a heck of a job, buddy. So make sure to give Dustin a follow there, and he'll keep you updated every single day as to everything going on in the sports world. We're going to move and talk a a little Dodgers with Ben before we do. We're going to talk uh, about Cindy Carava, full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Her website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. Now, that's where you can find all of her listings, all the information about her, everything that she's done, all the ways you can get in contact, anything at all that's going on. But as a full-service realtor, she can help you out in many different ways. Buying, selling, leasing. She can just help connect you with the right kind of people like 
uh, vendors, if you need landscapers, gardeners, painters, maybe lenders, if you uh, need help getting pre-approved for a home loan. She knows all the right kind of people that she'll put you in touch with. She's going to make your life so much easier when you're dealing with, you know, the process of, uh, of purchasing a home, selling a home, relocating, all of that. It's not easy. It's stressful. There's so many different boxes you have to check, so many different things on the list to cross off. Let Cindy Carava take care of that for you. Even if you just want to check and see how much your home is worth, she can do a free market analysis of your home's value. One of the kindest and most genuine people you will ever meet. Cindy Carava, full service realtor. Let's get into... Dodgers. I know Cindy, she's a big uh, Dodger fan also here in, in Southern California. And my buddy Ben Coonley, who's joining me next, is a huge Dodger fan too. We are in a, a fantasy baseball football league. We are in a group chat, a bunch of our buddies. Uh, we've all been uh, in this uh, group playing fantasy sports and stuff together for the last, oh, I've known Ben now going on uh, what, 15-ish years, even more than that. Uh, so Ben is... As well versed when it comes to the Dodgers as anyone I know Watches all the games, reading everything, blogs, articles, um, looking up stats, players, numbers He's a really good baseball guy, but in particular when it comes to the Dodgers That's where uh, his focus really lies And uh, he's a he's a Dodger homer, Dodger fan But we'll be real when the Dodgers are uh, are struggling and they need some uh, some criticism too This is a fun conversation with Ben I mean, we really bounce all over We spent about 40 minutes going through you know, everything that happened for the Dodgers in the first half, the positives, the negatives, who played well, who didn't, who do we need more from, Is there gonna, are there going to be possible trades, uh, just a little bit of everything um, from a couple real hardcore Dodger fans. Ben joins me next to talk Dodgers. The Dodgers are getting ready to start the second half of their season and. One of uh, my good friends, someone who knows the Dodgers as well as anybody out there that I know, uh, well-read when it comes to the Dodgers, watches all the games, goes to games, and so uh, whenever there's uh, Dodger games on, we're always watching. We're, always, we're probably two of the, the few in the group chat that no matter what, even if it's like a boring middle-of-the-week game or a game that goes late, we're probably two of the few that are up latest watching the, uh, the Dodgers. Uh, my good friend Ben Keenly joins me. Uh, ben, how you doing, buddy? Great, Gino. Good to be on. Pleasure, uh, pleasure to chat. The uh, best team in the National League. Right. So we, it's it's funny because I think the pers- the perceptive, every, it's always funny of like perception and 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 how you ex- and expectations. That's kind of how you know as fans we we gauge our teams. And so coming into this year, the Dodgers are obviously they're the uh, the returning World Series champs, and they even make some additions to that. You bring in Bauer. And you just figure that your team is going to be a little bit better in a situation where you have a full season and not a, a shortened season that probably actually went against the Dodgers and, and a lot of their strengths last year. So right. people are projecting maybe, you know, could this team win 120 games, 130 games? And we got a little bit of uh, of that fever because the Dodgers started 13 and 2. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, a hot, a really hot April. Uh, and, you know, it, it was uh, really high expectations to begin the year, especially with uh, getting to see like David Price and having a full season of May and some of the other guys. And um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really fun first half. And, and, and so if we're just gauging the Dodgers overall on the first half, 
we it's it's got to be a real positive. The the only thing that that you know stands out is that the Giants have just had a really really good half that nobody was expecting. And heck, the Dodgers are fifty six and thirty five. They're yep. they've got the second best record in the league. They are uh, twenty two. You know they they've at one time been twenty two games over five hundred. Right now are twenty one. They've had a win streak of nine games in the first half. Uh, but a, but a couple like small things really could have changed this team from a really good record to an absurd record. They have not been good, Ben, in the close games and the extra inning games. We're yeah. eleven and sixteen in one run games, and we are one and eight in extra inning games. So I guess the question I'll, I'd ask you about that and do, is that a thing that we feel like is it? You know, just sort of, um, you know, half of a season, it'll probably even out. We'll get some regression to the mean, or, or is maybe that a, say a little bit of something about uh, about this team, and 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 maybe there's a little something more to it. I I don't know how to read that yet. Yeah, I think it says a lot about what is to come. Um, the eleven and sixteen and one run games that doesn't bode well for tight playoff uh, games. I think the you know the one and eight and extra innings, the new format. Uh, is really wonky, you know, like you, you get into the 10th, you start with the guy on second, both teams score, you go into the next one, both teams score. And it's really, you know, it's kind of who breaks serve, who doesn't score in that top of the top of the inning that, that determines that. But um, yeah, I mean, if you look at their record 56 and 35, they'd be leading the central by three games. They'd be leading the East by eight or nine (laughs) games. They would be running away with it if they were in, you know, Atlanta's division. Um, And, you know, what you mentioned with uh, a couple things going, you know, really well, I think, you know, Justin Turner coming back, if the Dodgers didn't have Justin Turner and they had to rely on Rios, who wasn't even on my list for injuries because uh, he He didn't really produce much, right? It sort of helped any any replacement level player, unfortunately. And maybe he was injured and and that's why he was struggling more and, and he was a little more injured than we thought. But yeah, he was struggling so bad. And it's JT. And what's cool too, Ben, about this is that it's sort of the opposite that we've come to know from JT, who's always been much more of a slow starter than get really hot at the end of the year and like ride that right into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 305 average leading the team. Um He's just consistent. Like he's clutch. He's consistent. He gets on base. The 15 home runs uh, through 86 games right now uh, is kind of the most impressive thing for me. Like you just mentioned, he's kind of a slow, slow starter. Um, He's played 23 more games than Bellinger and Seager combined. The two bell cows, like future of the franchise. And he just punches the clock every day. He shows up, he plays great defense. He hits well. Uh, he does it all and that that's to me um one of the key factors that has to be in the discussion with the dodgers um the the things that they've been doing through the years with building all of the depth you see it play out more than ever this year and and I don't know if it's been talked about enough because how many teams could survive a bellinger injury right. let alone a bellinger and a Seeger injury let right. alone those two injuries, plus the pitching injuries, plus a a kind of down year for Mookie. He started to yep. get it together late, and and he's been still better than just you know an average player, but not up to his his standard. So you know you have your MVP, another MVP, and a World Series yeah. MVP who really have not been giving you much. 
Right. And you got a guy like Chris Taylor, uh, who, you know, playing center field, playing shortstop, uh, playing anywhere that, that he can playing in 86 of the 91 games, uh, completely balling out. So happy that he got an all-star nod. I think everyone in LA was really, you know, deserved it. really, really excited for him. And then Max Muncie, you know, leading the team and dingers and RBIs, uh, you know, OVP and slugging. So that means he's also leading in, in, you know, OPS, uh, just really, you know, turning it around. He had a pretty bad year last year and yeah. you know, small sample size clutch in the playoffs. You know, he's always gonna, he's always gonna pop one for you, but, um, you know, the last game before the, before the break, like hitting that walk off, no doubter. I mean, he doesn't hit cheapies, he hits tanks and, uh, it's really fun to watch him play even second base. Um, you know, you know, T.O. Albert, Pujols coming over. That's pretty crazy, you know. We, you know, we I, were all kind of like, hmm, this one's kind of weird because, you know, we're out here in Southern California, so we see a lot of Angel games, too. The Angels are always on. We can watch them play as much as anybody else, as much as we can watch anybody else. And it's, he was, to be honest, he was struggling. And, yeah. and they, they weren't good. He wasn't very good anymore to the point where they, they cut him. Yeah, and it's crazy. It did seem to rejuvenate him. And and to rejuvenate a lot of the Dodgers, kind of it picked a lot of them up. And I think what ends up happening is when you're a team like the Dodgers and you're really good, you can kind of have the opportunity to put him in really good position and situations like to succeed. And they don't really ask to uh, more of him than than what he should. Being in good spots against left-handed pitching, which he's done really well, he can keep. And what's nice is we didn't need him to be the Albert Pujols of old. We just needed him to give us better at bats than Luke Rayleigh and DJ yeah. Peters were giving us, you know? Yeah. yeah, and it's really tough because those kids are, you know, DJ Peters, local guy, you know, Gino and I grew up in the 66 St. Gabriel Valley, and, you know, we're rooting for DJ Peters really hard. And he'll be good. Him. He'll be good. He's going to be, yeah. he's gonna be good. He's a, he's a hoss. Um, and it's just really neat to see Pujols, what he means to these younger guys, even the pitchers like Bueller. Uh, you can see every time he comes off the mound, right Pujols is super fired up for him. Um, he just gives a professional at bat, you know, like that. And that's one of the things that's a weakness of this team is that they just don't have productive outs. They get guys in scoring position, less than two outs. They don't move them over. They don't get them in. And Pujols will, will do that. He's not going to leg out a grounder to first or go from first to third on a ball in the gap, but he's going to put the ball in play. Um, so it's been, it's been amazing to see, you know, him get another chance and, you know, what that means to a, a playoff, not even a playoff contender, but a, a pennant contender. And we're expected to, to win. It's no longer just getting there. It's, it's winning the whole thing. And, and pieces like pool holes are absolutely vital to, to, to the success. One of the uh, c- kind of continuing on with some of the uh, players who have really been in that um, top tier consistent players for the Dodgers all year long. We mentioned Muncie, Turner, Taylor, you know, the all-stars there. One guy who's sort of float flo- uh, under the radar is uh, is Will Smith, you know, and, yeah. and he's actually been really good offensively. He's he's a guy that like I with with this team, we do have a lot of players that. Um, I do feel confident when they're up that they're going to give us a good at bat that they're going to either put a good swing on the ball or they're not going to really chase bad pitches right now. Um, we're it, it's funny and we'll get to this in a second. Like for as smart as we are as a team, the Dodgers um, offensively and, and and like the way we approach um, hitting in the box, we don't get like aggressive at all in the base paths and we're we're kind of we've been really kind of dumb and bad defensively yeah. this year, like horribly. Yeah. Defensively, and that's let's talk a little bit about that, and we'll come back because that's the thing that that scares me 
for us being a good team. We are dead last. And when I say dead last, it is not even close after that for, as far as uh, stolen bases allowed are concerned. I mean, we we are giving up like 0.8 stolen bases per game, and the, the second team is like 0.6. We've allowed Whoa. an insane... It's so crazy how much farther we are above everybody else And it's weird because you don't think of Will Smith as just a a really bad catcher Austin Barnes is very good as far as like a a combination of catchers The Dodgers probably have two of the better, more well-rounded ones It's uh, maybe it's it's a combination of, I guess, some of the pitchers and and the catchers put together But that's, like, when we play against some of those good teams like the Padres who get... You, they get so up to play us, right? Because they get so excited. Yeah. It just reminds it reminds me of the Clippers and the Lakers, you know? Like the 100%. they they get so excited to play, and then like the next week after they lose every other game because they like blew their wad like playing uh, <laughs> playing us and they just have nothing left. But they they go crazy and they steal bases on us. That's something that that concerns me. And and we gotta clean that up a little bit. Well, especially, I mean, I, I hate thinking about the wild card game, but like the Giants are playing outside of their mind right now. They're not coming down to earth, and we can't, uh, the Dodgers expect can't them expect them yeah. to just start losing. Uh, and so in a one-game playoff, when you have a guy like Darvish or Snell on the mound, uh, you got to do everything right. And when they have Cronenworth and Grisham and Tatis and Machado that's stealing bases, like they they will be so fired up for that game where they're going to try to take anything. I, I always wonder, like, what the shift has done to kind of traditional uh, defensive metrics, um, kind of not having guys normally cover the base, um, but also like, you know, getting, getting the ball to home plate. You know, we have guys like, you know, Jansen always going to get stolen on Um, guys with longer leg kicks, younger guys, they get rattled. And and the Dodgers have really had to depend on a lot of young arms in the bullpen in this first half, guys like Bickford, guys like Udicea, I think I'm butchering his name, uh, Clevenger, um, all these young guys, Mitch White, um, that, you know, when the, the clock strikes October, uh, these innings are a lot different and, uh, you gotta be, you gotta be tight. You gotta, you gotta get to the plate quick and you gotta throw strikes. Um, and so, you know, from a defensive perspective, uh, you know, defensive, defensive pitching wins championships that so we saw that last year, uh, with guys like Gonzalez, who's having a little bit of a down year being awesome out of the bullpen, trying in getting used really heavily right now. I think I saw it was like 38 or a really high number of games that he's appeared in so far. Um, And so you always wonder, you know, what that's going to mean, the the high leverage situations that they've been in early in the year to get these wins, what that's going to translate to uh, in, you know, late September and October. So the, there are a lot of things when you look at this Dodger team, um, to really be excited about in moving forward in the second half, because um, we said it's like I think the fielding and the stolen bases thing, like the stolen bases, worries me a little bit more than than some of the errors and some of the fielding yeah. stuff, because I think that does have something to do with the the injuries and the players kind of shifting around, and and now when you're going to be more steady with a Bellinger, Mookie, like center yeah. and right. And then you got Pollock and left, and you kind of establish that outfield a little bit more, and everybody can kind of get a little more at home where they are because a hey, Pujols helps us, but yeah, Muncy's much better defensively at first base, and then that means Lux is at second base, and Seeger, yeah, he'll struggle a little bit, but he's still when he's not 
you know, he's still fine uh, most of the time. He had a bad start to the year. I just yeah. think the the moving around. I feel like from a fielding like percentage and a, and a cleaning things up. Um, that that's also one of those things that like. I think you 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 maybe get a little bit as a as the World Series hangover too, right? Yeah, you're kind of, uh, you know, you don't you don't pay as much attention to detail because these games early on aren't quite as high leverage. They don't quite feel like the games that you were just in uh, before, and so maybe now as these you look up and like you said, hey, we we're not up by ten games like everybody right. expected that we would. We're down by two entering. Yeah. You know, now now we got to clean things up. Um, but what's really fun, Ben, coming up is the schedule for the Dodgers is very, very much in their favor uh, moving forward. So looking at the uh, the Dodgers schedule um, coming out of the All-Star break, um, starting on Friday. So between Friday, the 16th of July, and August the 1st, the Dodgers have five games with Colorado, three games with Arizona, two really bad teams, and yep. then seven with San Francisco. Yeah, the seven with San Francisco are will make the division. I mean, just straight yeah. up. Even if even if they split them, uh, they they really need to they need to get even uh, over the seven. I guess that's uh, mathematically impossible because they're down two. <laughs> but but um, yeah, no, but, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The thing that I looked at uh, last night was you know we have the Dodgers have you know nine against the Diamondbacks. The Giants have nine against the Diamondbacks, so they are the worst team by a long shot. Uh, in in the in the league, so um, but yeah, the, these these first couple, and I think you know having your all stars and your coaching staff already be in the city that you're playing in, that should be an advantage to them. Um, you know, playing right in Colorado and then jumping into a huge series, which uh, you know with the new with the news of uh, you know what's going on in LA County, I don't yeah. know what the capacity is going to be That's uh, at point. this next at this next series. So hopefully we can have a packed house and it can be. You know, rocking to to get at least three or four against the uh, the hated ones, um, but yeah, I, I think you know the the top part of the the top part of the rotation. Uh, Urias is thrown tomorrow, um, so you know Urias, Bueller, Hirsch have all all been just lights out, uh, lights out, but nails. You know, like mm-hmm. um, they all have 18, 18 starts each. Bueller with less than a one point whip, nine wins, two point three six ERA. Not going to ton of love. Degrom is, you know, an, an alien out there, and he's just yeah. like he's doing crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy things. Um, but very deserving of of an all star nod. And you know um, what? So I'll guy- take. I'll still right now. I'll take Walker in the game in the big game one yeah. game with anybody. Give me even Degrom. Degrom's great, awesome. Like, but give yes. me Walker. In it with anyone because he's been there and he's done it now for us over the last couple of years. I feel so confident about handing him the ball in a game six or game six, seven situation in a playoff of like I just know what we're going to get from him. We're going to get a good outing. Yeah, the game one sixty three two years ago I think yep. against the Rockies yep. he good was call. amazing and that was you know the one game playoff to not have the one game playoff like the next day. So that mm-hmm. was you know an absolutely huge game uh, you know under his belt and he's had you know multiple of those. Uh, in his career. Um, the one guy we haven't talked about yet is uh, someone who's gotten a lot of flack in the last couple of years. And um, I've been in his corner uh, sometimes for, for worse and not better, but Kenley Jansen, 21 yep. saves and 23 yes. opportunities. The ve- velocity is back. It's moving. He's got, you know, he, he took slight at Urias finishing the world series out. He wanted he to be that guy. 
and it drove him this year to slim down a little bit, you know, get that, you know, go back to driveline, get some work in, uh, and we're seeing it. And it's, and it's really exciting to have that, you know, that gem come out of the bullpen, fired up, ready to go. Uh, so hopefully Kenley can keep it going. And then, you know, you don't have to depend on, you know, really high leverage innings for Trinan um, or, you know, Victor Gonzalez or, you know, Price or whomever, you know, whatever combination that you're going to have to to bring out of the bullpen. And then, you know, Gratterall has only gotten a couple nods and he's trying to get back too. So like, it's, it's really, uh, it's really insane. Uh, all the arms the that depth, they still yeah, have. I was going to say, it's starting uh, to come together. To you feel like it. And we don't know, I'm not sure exactly what, but, but we there's still a possibility that Kniebel could be coming at some point down yeah. the line, and he was just incredible to start the year. He was he's the best filthy. arm the first few weeks, and then unfortunately got hurt. And so, yeah, he's not somebody that you want to depend on or you right. want to necessarily like pencil in. But heck, if he shows up in the last month of the year and he's just extra icing on the cake, that yeah. would be nice. Maybe you got an arm that's uh, that's got a little less wear and tear on it from the year. And I, I feel pretty solid about a lot of the arms in the bullpen and. Um, I mean, I, we don't know what's going to happen, but I'm in my head. I'm pretty safely just like considering Trevor Bauer out of the equation, you I know. Hope so. and, and like me too. I don't, as a Dodge fan, I don't want to have to be rooting. Uh, with, just I, I don't want. I don't want to. Yeah, have to deal with that. So I, now that puts the Dodgers in a situation where okay, Dustin May got hurt, so you still do have like legitimately at the top of the rotation you've got Walker you've got Kershaw you've got uh, Urias who have been excellent and now Gonsolin's getting back into shape he yep. missed the, the beginning of the year you're starting to see him get built back up he's pitching well um they may have to stretch out David Price they even have someone like Jimmy Nelson who could be an option if yeah. they need to get a little bit of length um former starter there do you think they go make a trade for another starting pitcher now just kind of thinking and wondering you know, maybe uh, maybe we're we're not gonna have Bauer. Do we go get somebody else who can either a be like a big someone who helped start in a playoff series for us, or just you know probably more likely a Dodger move? Maybe someone who has has had a, like a little bit of a down year, but could still come in and be like a fourth starter and eat some innings for you. Yeah, I mean, I think they would be silly not to. Um, right. You know, like I think with the wealth of big league ready talent. It's very easy to do. And then you look at the farm, uh, you know, the farm and you have so many guys that you can barter when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I think the, the the top person on everyone's list is is Max Scherzer. And I kind of wonder how, uh, you know, Dave Roberts kind of throwing him a bone for the mm-hmm. all-star, all-star Start game. Start that bad like, boy. Hey, sure. bud, like, you want to you wanna come to You want to get on the plane with us? Yeah. Just stay in Colorado? Stay here with us. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty interesting. But, you know, you, you think of guys, kind of the unconventional name that I came up with was, like, a Kyle Hendricks. Yep. He's just, like, you know, he's going to get you five, six innings. He's going to give up, like, a run or two. He's not going to, like, no one's going to be buying a Kyle Hendricks jersey. No offense to the gentleman. I've never met him. Uh, but he he does he does great. He does a great job. Um, you know, we talked uh, a week ago about, you know, a guy like Pablo Lopez. If the mm-hmm. Marlins want to be dumb and, and give that chip away, like, that would be amazing. Guy Maybe like uh, someone from the Rangers, like a Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Could be yeah, somebody. All-star. You know, yeah. he was he's good. He's not like someone you immediately think of as like, uh, oh, you may maybe you don't have to give up all that much for him. But the Dodgers, like you said, the Dodgers have plenty to give. Right. And and he would be someone where you wouldn't have to give like probably the farm for. Um, but I could see them aiming for um, 
a, a middle of the rotation arm at least Scherzer would just be uh, would be great. I mean, he'd be awesome. Um, obviously, we're we're like so uh, uh, spoiled here as Dodger fans. We you know we want we we, we want we want, we want Scherzer. We want, it's like we we're want we're losing a great pitcher. Let's get us Scherzer right back. Yeah. But Scherzer is someone who's been talked about and and who is you know for the right price um, is probably available. So I, I yeah I think you know for as much crap as, as some of the Dodger fans have wanted to give this uh, front office for not necessarily. Like always going all in We can't say that anymore Um, This team has made a lot of deals At the deadline and you know what they didn't always work out But you think about just All the moves I mean moves like Dozier And then you get Machado and then you go Mm -hmm. You always are bringing in extra pitchers to help out uh, Darvish Darvish. you know Um, Anything they can do They they really have Have done and they and they've been smart Because they've made moves But how many people wanted us To give up a Seager or a, a Bellinger, or a yeah. Lux, or a Bueller, or one of these guys through the years, or a Urias, and how glad mm-hmm. are we right now that we didn't? Yep, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see a guy like Gavin Lux, you know, start to start to realize it. One guy before we get off the trade uh, rumor tour uh, is I would love nothing more than to see my main man Kenta Mieta return in oh, Dodger Blue. Yeah, I would, I would great. love that. I know he's great. Competitor, playoff tested in our household, we say justice for Kenta because he got absolutely hosed by the Astros uh, in that in that game. What was it? Game four or game five that Kershaw started, yep. gave up two, three run leads. Um, I would love Kenta to come back in Dodger Blue. He's been a little nicked up, but uh, and that's that and that's kind of one of the but, but he's the template of yep. and even even more than like obviously the Dodger connections we we would love him he had a good uh, a good success with the Dodgers in and in uh, the starting rotation and out of the pen but he's the template like the kind of guy the Dodgers look for a guy who's had past successes but maybe this year they've been a little hurt or maybe their numbers are like their advanced numbers are like a little unlucky you know, yep. but their ERA is a little higher than it should be, or they've been, you know, they're they're pitching for a team in a ballpark where they don't pitch well. You know, so, something like that. Those are the things the Dodgers will really find, and um, and they'll and they'll take swings. I, I you know, Hamels is someone that's been tr- that's been uh, out there. Yeah. Like, um, he, I could see the Dodgers taking a shot on someone like him because it doesn't cost you anything either. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, he if he's no good, you, and he's you give him a couple yeah. of outings, and he's no good, and just you just cut bait. Yep, pay him, and, pay him to go away. Yeah, and um, you know, he, so he, I do feel pretty confident that the Dodgers will um will get involved in some way, shape, or form. I just uh, I I put faith in them now. Now what now what they've done, you know, you go out and you you bring someone like Mookie in, you know, you make that deal. As a yep. fan base, we can't be upset because that's exactly what you wanted and needed. You wanted the, you to go out and and just kind of commit to someone like that, and and now you've got him combined with. Some of the uh, the nice like the Dodger vet in in Kershaw, who's sort of in Turner, who've kind of been like the old guard. You got the it feel, it's just such a perfect like um, equation of good veterans, guys that mm-hmm. have been been around for a while, and then all of these young like blue chip prospects who have come up, and it, it's it's nice because they can all kind of like take turns. 
You know, this yeah. is a Seeger year. This is a Bellinger year. Oh, this is more of like a oh Kershaw is really dominant this year, and Bueller. This is where the pitchers carry you a little bit more. Oh, this year it's going to be the guys that we found, like Muncie and Taylor, that we just found off the scrap heap. And Turner, think about those three guys right there that made the All Stars. I know the three guys that we 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 really opened up the conversation with those three guys talking about how they have been the the constants carrying the team this year. And for as much as we want them to pay up for Mookie and go out and get the, those three guys are guys that anybody could have had. Yeah. And a lot of teams should have taken a, taken a flyer on. And, uh, you know, it, it's been, it's been really fun to, to root for those guys because they're practically impossible to dislike if you're a Dodger fan. I yeah. totally get it. If you're, if you root for another team, you can, you can hate them a lot because, uh, how, how clutch they are, and they just don't go away. Especially a guy like mm-hmm. Muncie, he never swings at the first pitch. He's and, battling and he's, 3-2 every what, single at bat. Like Muncie versus like Taylor and uh, Turner, they're more a little more like, they're not quite as flashy. Muncie will have some fun, a little, you know, like yeah. what he did with Bob Gardner and stuff. So like, I can see some yeah. people not liking Muncie. He gets a little big with the bat flips, or when he hits some jacks, he'll like to pose and kind of watch, watch him. So I can see him. But yeah, the other two guys are just so blue collar, and uh, Muncie's fun. And these, yeah, it's just such a great combination from our team. And that, I was a little worried about that when they brought uh, when they brought Bauer in. And we were kind of kind of worried about that with Machado too. He just. Machado didn't really feel like he fit all that well with this group, and he fits better in San Diego. And you could see because like Machado, he he works his butt off down there for them. Like he likes those yeah. guys. He plays harder for them and with them than he ever did here or yeah, or think, in other places. You know, I think it's it wasn't his team. He came in. It wasn't yeah. his team. It was a different. It was a different clubhouse. He had to assimilate. Uh, he's always been the guy every team he's ever been on, and he's sharing the shine with Tatis and taking him under under his wing. Um, and Machado's had a great year. He's balling out. He plays great defense. He does stuff that it really oh, impresses in you. In the shift, he's one of the most valuable oh, players. Drives me with crazy. How he gets to the he gets to the second base side. He's like on the warning track, like yeah. getting like fall, like out there. It's he's like just, I'm going rover coach and he's just out there like he is like how the the best kid is, when you play T-ball that plays shortstop that just right. goes after every ball. Like that's yeah. hit across the infield, like gets it, crosses it over, and like runs it to first. That's uh, exactly, yeah. That's, Beats that's... the kid that, that's hitting it to first. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. He, he's been uh, he's been really giving that kind of an effort this year. They're in, um, I want to say trouble. Um, the Dodgers do still have nine games left against them, ten against the Giants overall in the second half. So that's nineteen games left against the two teams that are two of the other best teams in baseball, along with the Dodgers. The 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 Padres are um, reeling a little bit, though, also with their starting rotation. The, the, the Dodgers and the Padres both, you know, come into the year with, wow, this incredible starting rotation and look at how many great arms they have. And it seems like they're kind of like one by one, you know, all sort of getting banged up, getting injured. And the Padres, they lost Darvish for a little bit. Weathers um, had some issues. Yeah. Um, we know that you know guy like Clevenger who's, who's out and not pitching this year, and so um, they it, it's it's amazing how quick you can go from look at how all this depth that we have and look at how you know we've got all this pitching to like oh crap you can it's a cliche they say it everybody does 
but maybe people need to be like the angels and just draft 20 pitchers, Ben, because you can always, <laughs> you can always use more pitching, right? <laughs> it was kind of crazy. I've never, I, I don't think that's that. ever happened. And, you know, obviously they're, they're trying to show trout that like, Hey dude, we get it. Like we don't, our pitching is, is not good. Like we want you to be happy. Um, but yeah, on, on, uh, and the Dodgers, I think they did, it was at least 10, if not like 18 is just kind of this, there's something there's something going on that they know that that other people I guess don't, um, but yeah to the Padres point like a guy like Weathers he is he was scary in the playoffs last year like mm-hmm. that guy being that young showing up not being scared of the big lights um, he's he's been nicked up a couple times but you know in a in a one game series like and I think that's what the Padres would would be for the daughter unless the Giants completely just fall off the the world um, you know they have they will throw every single person they have to, to, to beat the Dodgers. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun run. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited to, to get back to the, get back to the ravine and um, you know, and enjoy it, but there's still, there's so much that can happen. There's so, so much, there's so many games left and it's just really uh, it, it's really just like a week at a time. Talking here with my buddy Ben uh, We've known each other for a while now fun Playing a bunch of fantasy uh, leagues together Baseball, football, basketball uh, Big uh, LA sports fans here We're in a group chat where we all talk a bunch of shit to each other Back and forth like I'm sure a lot of you have out there With uh, with your friends And so we uh, we share in a, a lot of these uh, Dodger successes A lot of the struggles through the years It was so incredible to be able to finally Kind of for us in our lifetime, we have never experienced the Dodger World Series. You know, when we were about yeah. a year old when the Dodgers yeah, won last right. time. You know, and, and so it wasn't something we've we've experienced the heartbreak with them so many times recently. I do, I feel a little bit different now, and it's not that I. It's just a, a little sense of like ah, a little calm. You know, I think last yeah. year in the last couple of years leading up to this, like at this point of the year. Especially if it would have been like, oh crap, the Giants are playing. I think there'd be a little more anxiety. Not that right. I don't watch and I'm and I want them to win every game, every out, every everything. But you just feel, it feels so much different after finally kind of getting that monkey off the back last year for them. Oh, hundred percent. And you, you know, as a as a fan, you put so much into following the team and supporting the team and and talking about the team. And after those losses, it really, it, I, ironically enough, it makes you like really assess what's important in your life. <laughs> and, no, you're right. And, and you're just like, man, this is, I put all this focus and all this into this. And this is like, I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting paid to do it any is. of this. I feel and, bad after when we're so bummed. Cause it's like, it, yeah. and it's all of us as fanatics, we're fans. It's like, it impacts your happiness, your everything. And you're like, you know, you, you have to really take a step back afterwards because it's a bummer. And I, I think for me, Ben, it was during the pandemic when I my mindset has kind of changed a little bit now. And mm-hmm. man, and especially where we are right now, as you and I are recording this on Thursday night, as you kind of uh, referenced, like LA County is going to have the mask mandate back out starting on Saturday again. There's all sorts of uh, the the variants going on and, and things that a lot of people haven't gotten the vaccine yet. And so it's not that great right now. But we had a time period where there was like nothing happening in the world of sports yeah. And I tr- I tried to kind of tell myself in my head At that point Because the Dodgers hadn't won yet You know mm-hmm. And and I was thinking I'm just going to really appreciate A lot of these games Every game that we get Because I don't really know 
if we're going to get another one tomorrow or next week with the way things were. And it sounds kind of corny, but coming off of what we did, I'm, I tried a lot more this year to appreciate all the Dodger wins and the Laker wins and, and, and appreciate the process and not want to just, damn it, let's just get to the playoffs and I don't care about anything until we get there and nothing matters then. Hell, it's fun to have a really good baseball team or a yeah. really good team to root for every year. Because when you don't, it's it's it sucks. So I'm trying to enjoy uh, enjoy the journey a lot more now, and and I think it's a lot easier after having won. Yeah, it's it's 100 percent easier to to enjoy in the in the 22 run games, uh, and and you know you say yeah, score 30, do it. Like it, you know, yep. it, it's it's fun to it's fun to be at. I wasn't at that game, but uh, it's fun to fun to root on. And you know, the baseball is such a, a great sport, and I you know it's been the sport that I've followed the closest my entire life. It's the only really sport that I played, and. I'm just a big believer that there's stuff that happens in a game that you'll never see again. Um, and so you always get to just embrace, you know, what, what's going on in the, in the longevity of, of the season. It really is a marathon. Um, and that's where, you know, the, the cream rises to the top. And that's why the, the NL West has been so, so interesting is that, you know, the, the top three teams, um, and we can debate, you know, what the playoff format should be. Uh, I've always kind of thought that, like, it should just be the best records in both leagues, like, irrespective of division. Um, and I think, like, a, a year like this kind of shows that, you know, the, the Dodgers and Padres deserve a playoff spot much more than whoever wins in the East, oh, as it yeah. stands right now. And, oh, and it's yeah. kind of a shame that, you know, the, the world would be deprived, as it stands right now, it, they'd be deprived of seeing a Tatis or a Mookie Betts for more than just one game in yeah. a playoff situation right now. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I think, you know, as we as we get older, you got a little one right now. I only have a dog. She's great. She's, uh, she's <laughs> sniffing around me right now. Um, but it just gives you it, it just shows you, you know, what's important in life. And I think, you know, friendships like ours is, is something that has always been really important to me. And, um, you know, the fanaticism and, and sharing in these in these high the highest highs and the lowest yep. lows. Um, and I, I'm just really excited to see what the rest of July and, and August uh, have in store. Um, and hopefully, you know, the Dodgers stay at the top of the table. One or two things uh, left to talk about with Ben before we let him go. I wanted to just to give a mention to this one guy because, you know, in a on a team with uh, Kershaw, with Bueller, with Bellinger, with Betts, with Seager, Turner's playing well. Muncy's getting more pub. A guy that who we, you know we uh, we brought in a few years ago and was supposed to be a big deal, and then he had. One of the worst playoff stretches I can ever rema- uh, remember mm-hmm. uh, a player having, where we were just calling for him to come out of games. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really been a player that's flipped the script over the last couple years, and he's become very steady. I'm talking about AJ Pollock, and yep. he had a, a really solid uh, return to uh, and like right leading into the All Star break after he was hurt for a while. And he's just one of those guys that, when you're going through this lineup and you're kind of you know, game planning for the Dodgers, you're probably not circling him. And if you leave, if you don't, you know, if you don't attack him like like a really good major league hitter, this dude will make you pay. He'll jump you. No, yeah, he's he's never seen a fastball he doesn't like. He's the he's the right level of famous. He could walk down the street in pretty much any of these big big neighborhoods in Los Angeles. Uh, almost in his Dodger uniform, and no one would know who he None. is. Um, <laughs> and uh, but he just he just gets it done. You're absolutely right. That playoff stretch when I guess I think it was the year they lost to the Nationals. He struck out. I think it was 13 times in three games. Yeah. It was uh, it was it was disgusting. 
And uh, for someone like that, also talk about perspective. I think, you know, his, he and his wife had, uh, had, a, had a child that really had to struggle through it and now, mm-hmm. is, you know, now is better. Um, I think those types of moments for someone and the perseverance, you know, baseball is a failure sport. And, um, and to come back from that and to do what he's doing, not just this year, but last year as well, he's that guy where, you know, you start to talk about, you know, the, the outfield and you're like, where's Taylor going to play? If Paul Paul's left and yeah. Bellinger's in center and, and Mookie's in right, like, you know, where are these guys, if everyone's healthy, where are you putting guys? Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's where the depth can hurt you going down the stretch where you need some, you know, you need some repeatability and some normalcy in a lineup. Mm-hmm. So know that like, I'm going to hit sixth every night and I don't have to guess if my, my name is going to be in the lineup card. Like I'm going to get, because you have to, you know, guys like last year, Kike and Jock, it's a different warm-up process. It's a completely different day for them. Um, so I, I'm hoping everyone goes in healthy uh, into the, the final stretch in, in a month or so, but you know, you know, the, the numbers show that that won't be the case and, and the depth will, will play out. But um, I'm hoping that Paul can definitely uh, keep his hot streak alive and just, you know, absolutely punish the Diamondbacks like he has. Such just a nice, like, kind of wild card X factor to have there. You yeah. know, if he's hitting like sixth or seventh in like this full lineup, and it's like, oh my gosh, AJ Paul, like, he just comes up and just he, he's going to get you good at bats. When you, it's a, it's a really relentless lineup when you think about it. Uh, when they're when they're at full strength, and we just haven't seen it very much this year, and it and it looks like hopefully uh, we will be able to uh, to see it now. Um, I, I would have to talk about this before we go. We do have a couple games coming up. With the freaking Astros And they're yep. coming to Dodger Stadium uh, They are coming to town August the 3rd and the 4th I believe So uh, I mean those are going to be Must watch games uh, For probably a lot of people around baseball Even if you're not a fan of either of those two teams Because there's definitely a bad blood between them And the times that we have played them uh, Last year And even this year They feel like really big games They're yeah. really intense and there, I mean, to be fair, the uh, the you know the AL West is is, is tough as well. The Astros really are playing really, really. The Mariners well. are playing well. The Angels the aren't bad. Yeah. I, I went up to a, a game in Seattle a couple weeks ago for my birthday. I'm a big Mariners guy now. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, these two <laughs> these two against the against the Astros are going to be a playoff atmosphere uh, and just raucous and. You know, you get Mariachi Joe on the mound, and yep. who knows what's going to happen. But uh, hopefully, you know, guys. Uh, hopefully, it's a it's a good couple games, and everyone behaves themselves like uh, you know the the lovely people of Chavez Ravine are, are known to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, it'll be, I mean, it'll be a really good test. Uh, you know, they they are they're stacked, uh, you know, top to bottom, and Altuve's uh, found his buzzer. I mean, bat. Um, to to kind of get back in the lineup, um, and uh, and do what he's done, but uh, yeah, the, those two, and then you get the Angels that that same weekend. So um, that'll be that'll be a fun week. Uh, that a first week of, of August. Yeah, the second half. Think about it. we got the 19 games with the between the Padres and the Giants. You got a couple with the Astros. Got a couple with the Angels right there. Like it's a nice 25 game chunk of like pretty important, you know, games that were are really really intriguing. Uh, I, I'm. I'm very excited about where the Dodgers stand moving forward, um, and I, I honestly think if they can just get stay healthy, 
Um, right now, if the playoffs start and you put it them and you put them in a series with anybody else, I think the Dodgers starting pitching is still really good, even with what they have right now. I think the bullpen is still very, very good. I, I trust like four or five of our arms down there quite a bit right now between Kenley and Trinan. Uh, Bickford's been excellent. You mentioned I, I, I trust Gonzalez kind of for what we need from him. Joe Kelly, I think you can still get good stuff from Price. You know, I think in, in places he can still get you something. So, um, and nobody really scares me You know, I think in, in either league Like the Astros are probably Maybe the scariest because They've got a lineup that can still just crush the ball And their pitching's okay But there's no team that's so well-rounded That you feel like, oh wow, their staff is just awesome And they've got this awesome like lineup You know, the Red Sox have been great But their pitching, I feel like, is going to yeah, hold up there's just nobody in either league that really terrifies me And so I think that still kind of bodes well for the Dodgers Because you look around and it's like Okay, we're maybe we're not as dominant as we hoped for some reasons But who the hell else really, really, really scares you? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, I don't even know who's leading the AL Central right now Like, it, it, I mean, it's just a, like, I think it's the White Sox I, I know yeah. the Twins and, are and they're, terrible They're but. playing well with just They've got a ton of injuries If they go on a 10 game losing streak It will not be surprising at all Because they've been super banged up And missing like a lot of their key young players um, The American League's been just kind of bad overall um, You know the Yankees were down You watch the Red Sox, the Rays Like they've played probably better than they should But I just haven't seen anyone this year That I've, I've been so impressed with um, overall So uh, Dodgers, Padres You know still I think talent wise Top to bottom they to me are probably the scariest teams if they can get pretty close to their full complement of players. Yeah, absolutely. The the biggest threats are definitely in the NL. I think a team like the Mets in a short series with the, the Grom potentially try it twice. Brewers, Brewers with their pitching, right? Uh, yeah. But they got Peralta, Woodruff, Woodruff and, and Burns. Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. good three right there. Yeah, um, and their and their bullpen is pretty solid. Their yeah. you know their bats when Yelly's hot is good. Um, but yeah, I mean their their run differentials. Plus forty six. Dodgers is plus one forty two. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stats. Pretty stark. So uh, Ben will uh, will join me again uh, throughout the second half, maybe uh, once every week or every couple weeks. We'll kind of see what the schedule plays like, and we'll check in and uh, see how the Dodgers have done for the last uh, week or two, and and kind of preview uh, what what's coming up for them maybe over the weekend and and their series. As uh, Ben and I could sit here and, and probably talk for another hour about the Dodgers <laughs> and, uh, and and go into every single aspect, but I think we got most things covered. Was there anything else that you want to hit before we get out of here? No, just shout out to Oral Hirschheiser, who I saw at dinner in uh, Pasadena last week. Awesome. Let let him uh, let him and his wife enjoy their uh, next meal. Didn't uh, didn't give him a, a dap, but uh, yeah, man, this has been a this has been fun. Uh, I hope to to check in over the next couple weeks and uh, go Dodgers. World one Kenobi there, and uh, Joe <laughs> Davis uh, named his his son his middle name Oral. Yeah. After his buddy, how cute is that? Just adorable. So uh, they are best we, buds. we love our Dodger announcer announcers there, Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser. We love Ben over here on that's what G said. Thank you very much, buddy. This was a lot of fun. We'll get you back again real soon. Appreciate you taking some time out. All right, later, G. Uh, Dodger fans will uh, will be checking in a lot more with the Dodgers uh, through the second half of the season. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more here on that's what G said. Add a boy, Benjamin. Way to step to the plate. On your uh, debut on That's What G Said And knock it out of the park Well done uh, we'll, uh, we'll bring Ben on a, a lot more throughout the second half And check in with the Dodgers See how they are doing and progressing Towards the playoffs 
we are going to progress on over to talk some horse racing. And when we do, we're going to talk a little bit about our friends at DRF.com. I always play the uh, the DRF uh, past performances uh, ad first because before I do any of my handicapping, that's where I go. I always have to start with DRF. So when we start our horse racing segment, it starts with DRF.com. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse And you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with, with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering, multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. A huge racing weekend, and you know when it's a big weekend, there are going to be tons of different contest options for you over at Stable Duel, uh, the app, which is daily horse racing games, daily horse racing contests, Stable Duel. You could download that app anywhere. It's free to download, and then you just pay for the uh, entries for any contest that you want to get involved in. Like on Friday, there's a Del Mar $100 contest with $10,000 in cash prizes. I'm going to be hosting a live stream at 3 o'clock Eastern Time, noon o'clock Pacific Time, for about 45 minutes to an hour leading up to... uh, Delmar, Delmar's first post is at five Eastern, so we'll we'll have about you know an hour after we finish for everyone to get their lineups in, for them to get their wagers in. And this will help you with your you know handicapping all throughout the card. A bunch of different guests are going to be joining me, and we're going to talk Stable Duel and Delmar for Friday. There's contests at Woodbine, Pimlico, Gulfstream, and Ellis Park on Friday. 
And then on Saturday, you've got the Haskell Contest brought to you by Manscaped.com, a $75 entry with $7,500 in prizes. You've got the LoneSpeed.com Delmar Contest, $100 with $10,000 in prizes. You've got Ellis, Golfstream, and uh, multiple Monmouth and Delmar Contest. And then on Sunday to end your week, Gulfstream, Ellis, Del Mar, and Emerald. Major focus will be on Del Mar coming up through the summer over at Stable Duel. Get those entries in and play, race, win. Just posted a video on social media showing you exactly how easy it is to download the app, to create an entry, and to get involved and to uh, to put a lineup in. So, Stable Duel. Any questions, just... Uh, Feel free to shoot me a message and ask. Always love helping out. Let's see if we can help you out. Because there's a big stable duel contest for Monmouth for Saturday. That Manscaped.com contest. So let's get those past performances out for Saturday for Monmouth. It is a big day there at Monmouth. It is the Haskell Day. And there are just a cornucopia of good races throughout the card. It's a great word. And we will start in the fifth race. There are the... What I will say... The quality on Saturday's card at Monmouth is excellent. Now, I couldn't necessarily find a ton of like 15 or 20 to 1 shots, but they're really good races. And there are probably a few situations where I might be able to to, to beat a chalk here and to get horses at at the prices that we would like, but this to me is more of just a quality card than one where I found a whole ton of betting options. The like the matchmaker or the fifth race, uh, looking at Monmouth Park for July the seventeenth, Grade Three matchmaker. This is what a tough little Grade Three race here, right? You you got always shopping from the inside. Um, I mean, obviously the horse to beat is Juliet Foxtrot, and I just I couldn't get around her. That's the problem. She she's got that nice tactical running style where she's got speed. She can sit just off. She's going to put herself in a great spot. She's going to get the jump on basically everybody else in here, and. She is legit. She's got quality. And she's going to be facing uh, four other Chad Browns. But I, yeah, this isn't one that I could get too cute with. I just think she's going to be really, really tough in here. So the eighth race, if if Night Ops is anything around 3-1, to 7-2, I would absolutely bet to win. And this might be a horse who you could maybe build some exotics around because in this Monmouth Cup... I don't think he's going to be some heavy favorite or he's not going his price won't be high but he'll still be you know probably your third choice in this field and and that's where you can really get some separation uh when, when you can beat some favorites you know you you'll get money from New York traffic Dr. Post is going to take some money Bankit will take some money but Night Ops is probably going to be right there in that uh tier with Bankit just look at who who's been facing recently all of the races he's coming out of are really live. Mighty Heart, Silver Dust, Silver State prior to that. Even farther back uh, last year with By My Standards. Those races, you know, sometimes you start to look at him and you go, oh, I wonder, is this a horse who doesn't mind settling for minor awards? Well, no, he's really honest and he just ran into some really good and really sharp horses at times when they've been really good and really sharp. And he did not disgrace himself whatsoever. So Night Ops. In the eighth at Monmouth for me on Saturday. Uh, don't want to take less than like five to two there on him. 
In the 10th, I expect a big performance from Vault. And this is probably another situation where, yeah, she's not going to be 20 to 1, but maybe you build some tickets around Vault here and with, with putting Vault on top. Uh, our Super Freak, Miss Danvers, um, super, you know, logical. Uh, you're going to get some pace in here from Bank Sting, from Bayesian Girl. I, I think it'll set up really, really well for Vault, who was just in too tough last time out. I think it, it shows you how much tougher that race was than the Belmont race uh, that Vault won because Vault was 15 to 1 that day behind Latruska and Vuitton was in there. That's a good group. Much better spot here for Vault to get a, a little class relief, get a little pace to run at. The number three, Vault. I'll build exotics around uh, in race number 10. We'd won around uh, that 3 to 1 or so. In race number 11, I'm looking at the 8. Masterpiece, I think there's a great spot for him because the the race that he comes out of just feels like it was a lot tougher. And yes, he was behind Tribuvin, who's gotten really good uh, for for Chad Brown. And I think if you're playing exotics, you you, you got to use him because with his with his speed and the speed that he's been showing and the tactics they've been choosing lately, he always has the opportunity to kind of run off. But I don't think Epic Bromance is going to be too far out of it in here. Winter's Back has some speed. Ocean's Map doesn't want to be too far out of it. So I don't know if this is going to be the best pace shape, race shape for Tribuvin. Give me someone who's going to come from off the pace a little bit more. Like I said, though, I will I will include Tribuvin in some spots. I prefer Masterpiece. I just think the two-back effort was really good. And then you come back... You're a little flat last time out. That was just a tough group. I really think that was what it is. Masterpiece. Much better spotted here. Yes, this is a grade one. Yes, this is the grade one United Nations. Who of these horses really truly feel like absolute grade one horses? Maybe Arklow now? Because he's gotten really good? But he never... For a lot of his career, he's always felt like more of a grade two, grade three type. And then he's just kind of... Been able to put it together in the right spot He'll catch fields that aren't the strongest in the world He's very nice and he's still Towards the, the top of uh, of the, the Distance turf horses nowadays but Yeah I just nobody scares the, the heck out of me in this race And Masterpiece just feels like He's coming out of some really good ones Joel comes comes back aboard You get that nice late Closing kick with a Very strong finisher Masterpiece In the United Nations and then you got the Haskell, where following C will try to stretch out from the inside, and he'll take them as far as he can go. You got the Kentucky Derby runner-up in Mandaloon, who was a winner of the Pegasus, the local prep for the Haskell. You've got Hot Rod Charlie, your Derby third-place finisher, second in the Belmont, Midnight Bourbon, the runner-up in the Preakness. A good field. For the Haskell, I just I can't get really too cute in here. The way I see this race unfolding on paper, I think following C goes, and I think Hot Rod Charlie would probably stock either second or third. The real wild card kind of key to this race is Midnight Bourbon, and if you put Paco aboard, it almost feels like you're tipping the the hand a little bit that you want to get more aggressive, and so maybe that is the plan with Midnight Bourbon. So if Midnight Bourbon tries to get a little more aggressive, we know following C is going to go. Hot Rod Charlie could end up working out a really nice trip just behind them. And then you've got Mandaloon. 
I just prefer Hot Rod Charlie to Mandaloon. I just think he's a little bit better of a horse, even though, you know, Mandaloon beat him on the square in the Derby, in the Kentucky Derby. Hot Rod Charlie beat Mandaloon in the Louisiana Derby. Um, I feel like Hot Rod Charlie is one of the better in this class. I feel like he's right there on par with essential quality and the best horses in this group. I'm not quite sure if I feel that way about Mandaloon yet, but with a, a big performance here, it would be hard to uh, it would be hard not to. But I'd lean Hot Rod Charlie. That's not necessarily something that's going to get you rich there. But uh, if if I was playing anything in that race, I would just be singling him on top, or just uh, just using him and not spreading out and using a, a couple other short priced horses that all have good chances, but won't really be a big price. So um, I would just yeah, that that's the best. Approach for me in that in that particular race. So, at Monmouth Park for Saturday, uh, we're gonna see some really nice horses like the fifth Juliet Foxtrot. Not really a betting race for me. Um, in the eighth and the tenth, the three. So Night Ops, and then in the tenth, uh, the three Volt. Keep an eye on those ones. If you get in the three to one range with with either of them, that feels fair. And you know you can maybe try to beat a favorite or two in those races and get a little bit of separation. Masterpiece in the eleventh is uh, to me. One who I think is just coming out of better spots, and then Hot Rod Charlie. So quality races, as I said, I don't I don't have any like ten or fifteen to one shots that I could really sniff out throughout the card. But you don't need those always to get rich. Sometimes it's just about beating the horses who are a little over bet that you don't like. And in a few of these races, there are some of those shorter price horses that you know we don't love. There is Saturday Monmouth for you, and we're gonna head on over to. Saratoga for Saturday, but first we want to let you know a little bit about our friends over at OldSmokeClothing.com I'm talking about quality clothing and merchandise that horse racing fans and those who love the atmosphere and lifestyle of racing will be able to enjoy high quality products rooted in the iconic symbols of racing and the racetrack experience OldSmokeClothing.com T-shirts, polos, hoodies, long sleeves, zip-ups, hats, and everything is horse racing. Think about it. There's not a lot of places where you can just walk into a store out there and it's all horse racing stuff. That's what this is at OldSmokeClothing.com. You use a promo code G-I-N-O. It'll get you free shipping on your order from OldSmokeClothing.com. Show the horse racing fan in you. Promo code G-I-N-O will save you a few bucks from OldSmokeClothing.com. They are huge fans of Saratoga. Heck, they named their company, Old Smoke Clothing, after the founding father of Saratoga, Old Smoke John Morrissey. These are a couple of college buddies that uh, tip back some beers at Gaffney's in Saratoga and discuss their passion in all things racing. And uh, this has blossomed in to Old Smoke Clothing.com. Best of luck out there, Kurt, at the uh, the Saratoga meet. We've had Kurt Rossner from Old Smoke Clothing on here before with us to uh, to chat about them and uh, to chat sports overall. And I know he's going to be firing away on a big Saturday at Saratoga as we shift our focus there. Let's get those past performances out for Saratoga for Saturday. We're looking at July the 17th. And I'm going to go to race number three. For uh, Saratoga Saturday Now this will probably be like an early single For me, I'm going to go a mile on the Inner turf The number 9 third draft Now he was, she was inside Last time out And she was waiting Waiting, just behind the leader 
and you know buried got that inside buried trip and by the time she got some room to run early in the stretch it was too late the winner got a clear outside trip had all that momentum built up and third draft was was inside waiting 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 and then what ends up happening when you're waiting 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 not every horse can you can just push the button and explode it depends on pace shape, race shape, what kind of a horse you are. Sometimes it takes a few strides to get going, to get that motor revved up. And if somebody's been able to have clear sailing on the outside and you're waiting, 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 tucked in inside, it's just a totally different ballgame. So that's third draft, the number nine in race number three at Saratoga on Saturday, July the 17th. We need around, this horse is three to one in the morning line. I'm, I wouldn't want to bet him, bet this one at, like less than five to two, so I'll treat them as more like an early exotic single. As we move to the fifth race, we have a maiden special weight here, five and a half furlongs uh, for two year olds. The Ford Detroit City, little Detroit Rock City, he debuted on May the 22nd over at Churchill Downs for Jack Sisterson. He was a step slow. And and then he got caught behind horses He was in between horses He moved up inside He was traveling really well And he moved up right into contention uh, About two back He tried to stay inside And then he was up into a group Where he was kind of battling it out for second But he faded late after Not You know, he he learned he had some traffic to deal with. It wasn't the greatest start. The race has already come back live as the winner, um, you know, who who was geared down late looked good. But the runner-up, Gun 8, came back to win a maiden special weight next out. The number four, Detroit City, coming in from Churchill. I'm going to give this one a big look in race number five at at Saratoga on Saturday. Detroit City is eight to one on the morning line. I have him stacked as more like a four or five to one shot in here. So I want like nine to two as kind of a value line for me. Um, as uh, I want to round that if I'm going to make a win wager on him, throw him in your early pick fives. The sixth race, we got a maiden special weight here for two year olds. They're going to go long on the turf in this spot. And uh, yeah, I know it's a, it's a tough post with the number ten Great Britain. And yes, she's going to have to be really good and work out a trip. He's going to have to be really good and work out a trip from there. But his damn Ruth Arini was excellent. She won her debut going long. She was an 11-time winner in 24 starts. She was a grade one winner, a multiple graded stakes winner who earned uh, $1.2 She's produced three foals to race. All of them are multiple winners on the turf. This guy is beautifully bred for the turf. A barn that's capable first time out. A dam who showed some precocity. It's just the post that worries me. But you, you'll probably get like that's going to be built into the price a little bit. She's this Philly should be ten to one. I keep saying Philly. He should be ten to one. And now maybe he gets some action. Maybe he gets some money because of the pedigree. And, and that's that's where you have to kind of play the balancing act in your head. What what price are you willing to take on him with the the very likely prospects that he could be hooked wide? For me, the line where I draw things is about 8 to 1 for him. If he's less than that, I don't know if that matches his chances of winning. The number 10 Great Britain, we need around a 8 to 1 or so there in race number 6. Let's move to the 7th race at Saratoga on Saturday. Five and a half furlongs on the turf course here. I thought Duress is just really well spotted. Duress had not raced from 
November to June. And then on on June the 12th, he's sitting three deep in a perfect spot. Within a couple lengths, he's third. He looms up with dead aim. He takes the lead, but he immediately is tackled by the eventual winner. And then he, he ends up losing second late. It was his first try in seven months, though. So when he looms up and he strikes the front, there are a couple others who just had a little bit more fitness, a little bit more bottom than what Duress had to offer. I'm expecting better effort from him here. A little more punch. He's got that perfect running style where he will put himself in a good spot. He'll make his own trip. The number six, Duress. Anything around seven to two or so feels fair off that five to one morning line. I had him stacked as a three to one shot in here. We move to the 8th race. This is a first level allowance race for 3 year olds that could legitimately be a grade 2. You've got 10 for 10 who's multiple graded stakes placed. You've got multiple graded stakes placed crowded trade. You've got Bo Liam who earned a 94 buyer speed figure when he absolutely dusted a field in his debut at Churchill Downs. You've got Mahamel to the outside who earned a 99 buyer speed figure when breaking his maiden and in his debut he lost to uh, first captain who we've seen Very impressive so far So I'll, I think the race goes through The 1 The 12 You know Boliam Mahamel Yes they're both going to be really tough No doubt about that Crowded trade's going to be Logical 10 for 10 I respect all of them I like the 1 and 12 the most, I think, of the horses that are the logicals. There's one horse that I really want to talk to you about, though, um, who I think is worth including in in a pick 4 or some sort of rolling exotics, at least underneath. Because I don't know if uh, Angor, the number 9, is quite as good as the rest of, of this field, and maybe his A game isn't the absolute best A game that some others have. But I thought his race was really good On June the 13th And he was kind of in between horses And he was battling it out uh, All the way around He he just did not have the easiest of trips That was his first start since January Let's go back to January And just cross out the race Where he, he missed the break He was favored that day And then he was obviously sent to the bench for a while So there was some issue Just put a line through that January race Then how does his form look overall? He has the right to improve, making his second start now off of that kind of a layoff. Really, it sort of feels like his second start as a three-year-old because, yeah, he ran in January, but that was the very beginning of his three-year-old season, and now he's been off. For He was off for a while. You get that race back. Now a little time to grow up, a little maturity here. He has the running style to put him in striking range, but he's actually shown us that he can pass some horses too if he has to. So talking about the number nine, Anchor. We're going to use along with the, yeah, I mean, the, the logical horses. Boom, Bo Liam, the one who was excellent, uh, 10 for 10. You know, he's going to have to show some improvement and, and make sure and make to make sure to prove that the big figure he earned at the end of his two-year-old season wasn't the outlier. The 10 crowded trade, the 12 Mahamel, but I'll, I'm going to use the 9 in all exotics and hook him up with a lot of those other horses I mentioned and hope we can uh, we can get a little value there with Anchor. Let's get to the grade 3 Sanford, that is race number 9. I thought the Wesley Ward Runner headline report was, was visually pretty impressive. 
The two horses from the inside are going to take a lot of money, and they were both very good. I have zero knocks on them whatsoever. But I do like what I saw from Headline Report. Um, He was always, always, it says confidently handled. Well, yeah, that that's, that's exactly kind of the way I was going to put it. He was just treated like this guy was going to win that race. They didn't ask him for a whole lot. Um, he sort of kind of push button. He's got some ability. And we saw Wesley Ward win a graded stakes race um, on opening day at Saratoga. I think headline report is very nice. And I like the fact that he's drawn towards the outside. It'll give him the opportunity to sit off a little bit versus getting forced if he was drawn down towards the inside in a field like this. A couple others go, and then he's got to go. Now he can probably break, see how the field lays out. If nobody goes, ask, get in a good spot. If you need to sit off a little bit, I think he'd be fine doing so. This is in race number nine. The number nine headline report, five to one on the morning line. Anything around seven to two feels fair to me in that one. We move to the 10th, the grade one, Diana. The two Appleby horses who chased each other uh, in the just a game. I do think they're vo- they're both very live right back. I'd actually lean Summer Romance. Um, even though she got the lead last time out, this does again look like a situation where she she should be able to dictate and uh, she should show the way in here. Now, if for some reason she doesn't and there are others that push her, maybe a Vigilante's Way is close up. Um, maybe one or two other uh, riders decide that they just want to get a little bit aggressive. Then... The horse who may benefit the most from that would be Altica, who ran down Summer Romance last time out, and these two have uh, have traded decisions before, stable mates. And then Pocket Square, I'm willing to give another chance back. Pocket Square was really impressive in her first start in the U.S., her first start for Chad Brown, and then she stepped up in the grade one just a game. She was actually favored in that spot, and there wasn't just there wasn't a lot of passing going on in that race. She was kind of wide-ish towards the back. Um, she wasn't really persevered with early on. I'd expect some different tactics from her in here. Um, pocket square. There's a little more than what we got from her last time out. So uh, a really fun-looking Saratoga Saturday card. Let's rattle through, uh, again, some of the horses I'm I'm focusing in on. In the third race, the number nine third draft will treat as an early exotic single. In the fifth, the number four Detroit City. We'll uh, we'll play this one at anything around nine to two. In the sixth race, the number ten, Great Britain, around eight to one or so is the price that we'd need for this one. In the seventh, the number six, Duress, around seven to two or so is our value line. In the eighth, the number nine, Angor, I'd, I'd use uh, along with uh, one ten, twelve, five, Angor at anything uh, twelve or over feels fair. In the ninth, the nine headline report, five to one on the morning line. We'd need seven to two or so. That's my value line there. And in the tenth race, summer romance using all exotics along with the uh, the two and the eight. That is Saratoga for Saturday. Best of luck as uh, we head over to Del Mar for Saturday. I'm sure Tyler Herringer over at SarahCandles.com probably putting in a couple plays for Del Mar for Saturday. SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A Candles.com, all natural soy wax candles, free from toxins, free from carcinogens, free from pollutants that are found in a lot of the other leading brands. They have 
all of the, the scents that you could possibly imagine Three different sizes They even give you instructions on how to keep your candle clean And ensure the perfect burn Small business, uh, local here uh, Handcrafted in the USA uh, Tyler does all of this stuff himself over there I've known him for a, quite a while And these candles, they are excellent And they're better for you C-E-R-A candles.com Promo code G-I-N-O That'll get you 10% off your purchase Just use that promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off your purchase From sarahcandles.com Over to Del Mar For Saturday I uh, will look at the 4th, 8th, 9th, and 10th Here for Del Mar So let's go to the 4th race uh, July the 17th Mile on the turf course here Ellerslie Lace from the rail. So the one uh is where I'm going to I'm going to look. And I'm going to use the 5 California Kook. They both come out of the same race that was won by Equilove who basically won gate to wire. That was sprinting going 6 furlongs on the turf. Now they both stretch out. California Kook is obvious, right? Some backlash coming out of better races, so y- you can easily see there. I think the stretching out to a mile will help Ellerslie lace a little bit more. Her running style is just not suited very well for that turf course at Santa Anita that plays to a lot of speed. She's capable of big efforts. She just needs the right kind of setup. Now, I don't think she even has to be way out of it. I, I think you'll see a little bit more kind of positional speed from her in here, but with... Uh, Lalik likely showing some speed Bye Bye Birdie likely showing some speed In here, I think those two Will be forwardly placed, you got Cassie Bell, Fantel So much happy, all likely To be showing some speed, I think Ellerslie Lace could end up just saving some ground Getting a nice stalking trip behind them And uh, having a little pace to Run at and not having to be way way out Of it, Rispoli aboard in great hands from the inside at a nice price. The number one is 15 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, we need around 8 or so at the very least to play to win. Uh, make sure to throw into your early exotics and use along with the 5 in all exotics. Let's flip to the 8th race. Optional 40, first level allowance, mile on the main track. The 2 tis hot and dusty. This feels just a, like a really good spot for him. He's 4 to 1 on the morning line. If he's anything around 3. He should be able to save a lot of ground from the inside with Silver Moon Road, Beyond Brilliant, and Established stretching out. I like Established a little in here too. I think he he's honest and he can sit off a little bit. Palace Coup is going to go to the front end. There should be a good amount of pace in here. Bruto, if he stays in this race, uh, you know he's going to be close up stretching out. Hot and Dusty. Three consecutive really solid efforts You can toss the turf race prior to that And then then the form looks even better Now all of a sudden you've got four Really nice main track races From seven furlongs to a mile And a sixteenth Two of those losses came to horses who came right out of that race To win again Like last time out uh, Losing to a horse who came back to win $100,000 Calbred stakes The number two, Tis Hot and Dusty Make sure to use in all of your late exotics Four to one on the morning line I'd need three to make a win wager there in the Yosanitas, mile on the turf course, race number nine. I'm going to build exotics around the two and the three. Nasty to me feels really like the horse to beat. I thought 
she was in a really tough spot against Venetian Harbor on June the 5th. She hadn't raced in six months. And then you draw the rail and you're immediately caught up in a pace battle with a couple really nice animals. And, and Venetian Harbor is a good, good horse. And what happened was because Nasty was inside, she had to sort of go halfway, kind of in between, didn't necessarily get to get asked all the way because of the tight quarters that you're in. Uh, now you stretch out to a mile. That speed sharpened up a little bit. You can use a little positional speed and then sit if you have to. Nasty. Let's get a little nasty in race number nine at, at uh, Del Mar there. Uh, the, th- the two set of I'll use all over. I'll completely give her an excuse for her last start chasing Charmaine's Mia. Two back was in a, a, a much better graded stakes, a much, like a much more logical spot, and she performed well. So Setamar, who has shown that she can fire fresh off of a, a couple months if need be, let's give Setamar a look to 3-2 in the ninth at Del Mar on Saturday as we get to the 10th, the grade 2 San Diego handicap, a mile and a 16th, your prep for the Pacific Classic, and yet there, there just aren't any monsters in this uh, division right now and out here on the West Coast. Like, who, who in this race really scares you? Nobody. I think Royal Ship has been very good in the uh, the recent starts on the dirt. He lost a ton of ground, you know, being hooked wide all the way around. He took the lead last time out, just missed, and maybe it was just uh, going a little too far. You've got Rushy, who showed a lot of quality last year, graded stakes winner. And now he'll be making his third start. He missed a break, and he was a little bit too far back. I, I would imagine with the inside draw, he's not going to be as far out of it here. Kiss today goodbye can produce a, a late rally and run them all down. But the two horses, and so I, I respect Rushy, I respect Kiss today goodbye, uh, Royal Ship. If you want to use them in your rolling exotics, I, I really wouldn't talk you off of them. And the way that I build some of mine, I, I might be able to include most of them in some of the rolling exotics. But the two that I'm going to use on top and I'm going to build around. Are like I said I've said build around a lot on this on this huh? I guess you know uh, the seven magic on tap and the, then the five express train so magic on tap is lightly raced I think he has the opportunity to sit close kind of circle the field in the triple bend and he doesn't have to be as far back as that was sprinting he can he can be a little bit closer here and, and he's the type of horse who can maybe just fall into a really good trip. I think Express Train might be, you know, one of the better horses in here and, and pretty good. And he also, along with Rushy, just had a bad start last time out, and that did him in. The bad start had him four wide and at the rear. He was just spotting the field and left with a little bit too much to do. So I've I'll peg the seven and five like seven, five, one, four, two is how I have them stacked in here in that order, in order of preference. So 751 will be in a lot of my exotics Magic on Tap, Express Train, and uh, and Rushy That is Delmar for Saturday Don't forget about that big stable duel contest To get involved in that one uh, Fourth race, the number one for me I need around 8 to 1 or so The eighth race, the number 2 Anything around 3 to 1 feels fair In the ninth, uh, Nasty I had pegged more like a 5 to 2 shot And in the 10th, um, I'll use 751 You want to go a little deeper The 2 and 4 in some of the under uh, exotics And maybe uh, on deeper... Uh, Late pick fours and pick fives So that is Saturday For Del Mar We got you covered for Del Mar For Monmouth 
for Saratoga. And now we're going to get you covered in the world of wrestling as we bounce all around with Chad Cooper. It is... uh, It's your favorite segment, folks. It's Wrestling with Chad Cooper. This week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper, the fans are back. We uh, talk about a great AEW Dynamite show that, you know, now as I'm recording this, we know what the ratings were. This thing popped over a million viewers. So, uh, shout out there to Dynamite for a good night. Sad news with uh, Paul Orndorff passing away. So, we talk a little bit about Mr. Wonderful. We recap Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Uh, Raw and Smackdown now There will be fans coming back We talk about the things that we like Things that we didn't Positives, negatives In an action packed This week in wrestling Some rumors have come out since Also uh, we didn't talk a lot about it That uh, looks like Goldberg's going to be making a return soon And possibly Goldberg versus Lashley At SummerSlam Which is kind of eye rolling Uh, We'll we'll definitely be able to talk more about that with Chad next week But uh, you'll enjoy this week's edition As we bounce all over the place In a packed installment of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper Here it is folks, fight of the night And trying to claim that belt once and for all It's this week's wrestling recap Alright, calm down And here he is, your hometown hero your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. We've got another round of SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and AEW Dynamite to talk about with you here on this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. On that's what G said. This is the best you're gonna get. Uh, you'll get a. Uh, Everything in one nice little segment where we kind of pick out all the the best stuff, uh, the major storylines. We'll go through a lot of the the key matches and key events, and uh, and some news too, right off the top. So, Coop, before we get into the recaps, we uh, unfortunately are, you know, we know we're getting a little bit older when um, it's very often where a lot of our favorite wrestlers uh, are passing away, and it was sad. We uh, we lost another. Uh, Wrestler who was a big deal, you know, 30 years ago, and with the with the passing now of Paul Orndorff, I believe like all of the the opponents from Hulk Hogan for the first six WrestleManias have now passed away. That is uh, very telling. Uh, this one hit a, hit a little closer to home. I I remember going to see Paul Orndorff back in the late 70s when I was really really young. I don't really remember a lot about it. He was a Houston Championship Wrestling with Paul Bosch, but man, in the 80s, he was like, uh, there, there weren't very many WWE heels, and he was one of them, and uh, he, he was very good on the mic, he could wrestle, um, you know, he, he just, uh, it, it was really, as sirens are, are going In the background, the I know, they're, they're coming after Coop Aloof, they're coming after you, Coop, prime last time. Week, Last week, your butler, uh, Cameron Grimes, over in your dating community, Gino, are mowing the grass, and now, uh, you know, I'm uh, sirens are going off. But he, he was, I think he was actually the first wrestling action figure, that first line, those LGN, LJN uh, wrestling figures. I think I got him first before I could find Hulk Hogan and, and Iron Sheik. And just long story short, he was, uh, man, he was well-liked and then just – you know, over the last several, several years, just trying to sing the updates on him was, was not very good. And, uh, you know, 
God rest his soul. He was uh, he was one of the good ones in in professional wrestling. And you know what? It it, it he really kind of tells the t- like when you look at what happened with him in his career, it kind of tells the tale of professional wrestling. He was a guy who was really on the rise right when Vince did the the big WWF expansion, and right. and and so Vince goes out and he basically plucks like the best. The best performers from all the territories, you know, and, and all the up and comers, everyone that's got talent, like Vince grabs them, you know. And Orndorf was was in that mix, and Orndorf was in a feud. So think about this: he's in Mania One, he's in the the main event, and then he he uh, I think he turned babyface, and then he turned back heel, and yeah. and he had that feud with Hogan. And and you know Meltzer and a lot of the wrestling uh, historians and reporters talk about how that was one of the best drawing house show feuds in the history of WWF. That sold. That I think led to the big event, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one of the really early pay per views that wasn't even like a, a name. It's kind of like a one off show, and I think it was like something on MTV. Um, and it was he was right in that mix from the the mid you know. Middle 80s to the late 80s And the stories that I heard about him Were that the house show Feud with Hogan was going so well And he was making so much money That he didn't want to tell them That he had an injury yeah. And he and he yeah. had a bad like neck injury And and it and like a, an arm injury And his a, it, He kept working with it And he basically like His arm and muscles like atrophied To the point where he had to go through like extensive rehabs. He came back again. We saw him in WCW after. And this dude, there's a legendary story that people all, all, always tell about how he beat up Vader in the back uh, with in flip flops. He's a oh, badass yeah. guy too, but a very respected guy in the business. And um, yeah, it's a bummer. You, I, you just, you know, you think Mr. Wonderful Paul Owner, you thinking kind of like that Saturday night main event and the very beginning of WrestleMania era. Simple gimmick, a simple gimmick, you know, Gino, just nothing flashy about him, just a good looking dude with a with a name like Mr. Wonderful. Fast forward to 2021. What what I, I mean, we, we don't even get very many wrestlers now with any type of those nicknames that even stick. And I mean, and it just now you can say Mr. Wonderful in 2021 and you you immediately know who that is. And it's just like. Those gimmicks back then were so simple because those guys were so good. There was not social media, and there's not these little vignettes to to put these guys and girls over back then. So just something simple as Mr. Wonderful and what he was able to do in and out of the ring. I know he had a couple of managers here and there, but, man, it was just so simple. You know, just the simple trunks, the simple boots, uh, and just a real good dude. It's just amazing how complex wrestling has become now to see all the gimmick stuff, you know, all all the high flying moves, all all what you have to do, the face paint, the this, the that, just to compete. And back then, you know, there wasn't any of that. And he was right, as you said, he was right in the middle of it. And uh, this one hit home because I was a really big big fan of Paul Orndorff. R.I.P. Mr. Wonderful. Thanks for uh, entertaining us. For uh for some years um and uh and I uh, hope you rest in peace up there. So we now will transition on over 
Um, never easy to move from a serious topic, you know, like right on into a SmackDown. Here we go, you know. But um, we uh, we have the last few WWE shows in the Thunderdome, and you know what? For as much crap as people have given the Thunderdome setup and make fun of it and this and that, think about where we were before that. Those first few I- weeks. Or those first couple months where there was nothing There was nobody around It's the performance center over and over No sound, just piped in stuff Like, this was a lot better It was, you had to take a shot and try something It was much better than what they did before And you know what, if you couldn't have fans This was, wasn't a great, you know It wasn't like a a great alternative But it was as as good as you could do Uh, You know, we're going to look back on it in several years uh, and say, you know, what a crazy time, you know, not only for the world, but how sports was able to maneuver its way. And, you know, WWE professional wrestling was one of those ones that, yeah, it was directly affected, but the show literally kept going. You know, there was a lot of halt in other professional sports, um, pro wrestling, Racing racetracks stopped. A lot of them did. That never stopped. It never really stopped. It was very innovative. Uh, I thought it was amazing. Um, It kind of got, you know, as we got, you know, we're a year into the pandemic and vaccines and masks. You thought, okay, you know, people are getting antsy to try some things. And hey, look, you know, SmackDown was was in that same boat as Raw. Um, And SmackDown was the better show. Still is. I, I thought it was easier to watch in the Thunderdome. But here we are. No more Thunderdome. This is uh, yeah, Houston, Texas, Toyota Center. It, it uh, fans are back. Friday night, they'll be back for Money in the Bank. Sunday, Monday night, Raw, and moving forward. So after, uh, yeah, the what, year year and a half about. Oh man, I, yeah, I remember. Hey, look, I remember you and I, you know, talking about WrestleMania. With, without uh, the fans, yeah. Without the fans, and uh, you know, and then the uh, the virtual fans, you know, you could sign yeah. up for that. You know, I never really was interested in that, but I thought that was you know a good way to do it. I, I can say this: uh, WWE definitely is leaving the Thunderdome era with a bang because <laughs> beginning of SmackDown last Friday, there was all sorts of. What are they doing here? Why is yes they're there? So hey, they're shaking it up, and I guess hey, we're we're starting the 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 new era off with a bang because there was SmackDown was very interesting. Both of these companies uh, in WWE and in AEW, you could tell that like they're ready now. Oh, they're yeah. going. They're gonna throw everything they've got at the wall right now, kind of and see what sticks. Get ready for like surprises. People showing up. People sure. we haven't seen on TV for a while that they've probably been holding off. Um, I'd admit, I wouldn't be shocked in the next couple of weeks in WWE to see combinations of Becky, Sasha, uh, Daniel Bryan back, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. We could see all of them showing up or any combinations of them uh, showing up, which could be a lot of fun. And then uh, maybe other people that we're not even thinking of necessarily on our on our radar. So uh, we get into SmackDown and the. One thing I noticed in this opening segment is that, and it made it made me just reference Daniel Bryan right there, is the fact that uh, Roman Reigns brought him up. Sure. See, I don't think he, they would be bringing Daniel Bryan up if he wasn't coming back. 
right. or if they didn't feel he was coming back or very close to it, or they knew he was already signed and he's just going to be. So, um, you know, Roman comes out, uh, he cuts his promo and I guess we can just kind of discuss, uh, everything that happened with this, uh, with this storyline on SmackDown as the, uh, the Usos discussed that in, that they want to get back together and, and win the tag team titles, do what they do best. Jimmy said, uh, Jay uh, tells Jimmy he's got his back even through these hard times right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, he was about hours away from that uh, that DUI and he was right back on TV. We were kind of curious um, uh, what what they were going to do, but they didn't, you know, they don't, they're not going to mention it or anything, but he was right back there. And so we got uh, a lot of continuation with, you know, Edge. Trying to uh, mess up this family dynamic, trying to show the Usos that Roman doesn't really give a shit about them, you know, and that uh, <laughs> and that Roman is not going to be there for them. He didn't come out to help them last week, and and that's sort and that's what happens again at the end when Roman leaves them out there in the ring, and he just he kind of walks back as uh, as Edge just continues to uh, to lay them out. So we've got the Usos. Um, now with Reigns and um, and Edge and all of this intertwined and it's it's progressed now sort of to where you do look like you've got Roman with his couple henchmen Edge trying to uh, to screw things up there and so you are kind of wondering how long or and and when the Usos are gonna finally uh, you know finally say screw it but. I like the dynamic with the Usos and Reigns. Like, I think them together and and inter- or at least interacting with each other in kind of this like family. Like, you know, we we you know, I can talk trash about you because you're my family, but nobody else can because I love right. you and I'll stick up about you, kind of a thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, the 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 opening segment was really really good. Uh, I, I thought the hug at the end was telling. I thought it was. Good production, good storytelling, um, and, and then you see kind of Roman's face. You know, look, we're we're, we're going to do it. I'm the champion. You guys can be tag champions, but we're going to do it my way. Um, it, it was just, it, it was a, a great way to bring them back together. And oh, how we, you know, quickly forget of the troubles, you know, that just happened, you know, the day or two before, and then, you know, the end again. You know, Edge coming out. Uh, you know, putting people through walls, tables, chairs. You know, you got you got the bar in the mouth uh, of the Usos and and Roman leaving them kind of out there, which was great. You you really want to see that with a heel. You know, I I think Edge and and Roman coming up here. You know, as we have a big paper, we have a couple of interesting events this weekend. You know, uh, headlined by Money in the Bank. I, I think this is. You know, Edge was brought in for this pay-per-view. Uh, it, earlier in the show, he has another run-in with Seth Rollins. I still think we're going to get Seth and Edge probably at SummerSlam. Um, I, I don't see Roman losing the title for a while. I, I think he keeps no. it to WrestleMania. I, you know, I, I do think, I do think their ultimate goal is Rock versus Roman to headline WrestleMania. Um, you know, if you're going to get really, really family oriented in this storyline with Reigns, it has to go there at some point. Go there, and I think that's the ultimate payoff. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, do the Usos need the tag team titles? Yeah. Um, you know, in that probably not. It, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have them. 
But again, the storyline has been so good each and every week, yeah. and it's not anything I've I've gotten burned out on. So that's not at all. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed it. There's there's new little wrinkles to it, and I, I gotta say, the okay, so Corbin and Nakamura they've wrestled <laughs> a million times, but the way Corbin is going with this loser gimmick right now, man, it's oh, pretty good, <laughs> and and that's why I'm 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 less bothered by like seeing him get beat over and over because. He's he's bought it. It means something to him. Yes, the loss means something. Just like when we're gonna talk about Lashley in a minute, right? He gets rolled up, but then I don't. We don't like the champions losing stuff like that. But at least he's pissed off about it. He yes. doesn't brush it off, and then it changes and it and it impacts how he is in the main event segment. So I mean, if you're not following Corbin on on Twitter, he's doing um he's doing <laughs> cameo stuff now. Um, as a try to as a way to try to make money, he went on <laughs> and he was like, "I lost my crown, I lost everything, I lost all my investments. Now I'm not <laughs> in the money in the bank, so I I need to do cameo, and I don't want to do that." And he's like, "Okay, hi guys, you know." And he's like trying to be like uh, like smile. Oh, it's just it's funny stuff. Man, I like. Hey, I, I say this each and every week. I, I'm a I'm a Corbin guy, and yeah, you know this is probably. Uh, what the third or fourth time we've seen these two, uh, the match, the matches have been really good. I thought maybe the match went a tad long. I agree. But the gimmick is so good. And then you add Bugs to the mix. Bugs, this, this match, there was so much going on here. You got Bugs, you got McAfee and Biggie. McAfee over the top. In their their foot baths. They're (laughs) they're in their foot baths in the couch as Biggie's just sitting there watching. So you got Biggie and McAfee chilling in foot baths watching. You got, like, uh, Corbin who's just, like, mourning all over the ring while Nakamura and Bugs are laughing at him, making fun of him. (laughs) Bugs is playing music. This made me me laugh. Like, it was goofy for sure, but... All, all of these things separately are actually kind of funny. Absolutely. No, it, it's, uh, I'm curious, you know, again, I, you always wonder about the endings, you know, what happens. Um, I don't know if we're going to get King of the Ring. I mean, you definitely probably wouldn't want Baron Corbin winning it. Um, you know, I guess you kind of just ride this wave until, you know, after Money in the Bank, something comes comes about maybe somebody new he gets paired with uh or maybe he just... i think there's a baby face in there with him it maybe coming soon it has to be I he's got to so turn too. and i think he can start yeah, i could i got a feeling if he lose 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 and then there is a king of the ring tournament and then you could have him like win a couple a but lose yes. in the final right yes and so yes. you kind of have him get a little bit of sympathy where you don't immediately make him the king but he loses and he kind of has respect from the fit there's there's something here Right, they got it. Like <laughs> there is. I don't know how where they're going with it, but yeah, it, he's doing a good job for a guy who cu- came in and you kind of just thought was like a big athlete kind of guy. He's a good performer. He knows yes. he was a good heel when he did the lone wolf shtick. He's always been really solid. And you know what? He would have been someone that um, we we're talking about, like old school stuff. His presentation and what he does would have worked great in the eighties. Just. Big guy that's just talks some trash to you, play plays the king gimmick a little bit. He'll mock you, you know, and he he is a little bit of a badass too. Like he just would have been a a perfect foil for Hulk for Hulk Hogan, you know, in uh, at some point. Um, so that was that was uh, that was pretty funny here. We you, you mentioned that 
We're getting a lot of moving parts and moving pieces. Um, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox up on the SmackDown, and they pick up a win over the women's tag team champs, uh, Natty and Tamina. So, you know, we imagine they're going to get a, a shot at those tag team titles soon. Yeah, interesting. Um, and we kind of have some some name changes a little bit. Shotzi Blackheart is now Shotzi, and Tegan Knox is going to go uh, you know, go by Knox oh. now. And you know, Knox is we last saw her what two weeks ago. Uh, she came right back to NXT. That was what was weird. It was yeah. I think it was like causing. That's what kind of threw me off. And then you know, Black Shotzi is in a tag team with Ember. And then all of a sudden now she's in a tag team with Knox. I thought the match. I, look, I, I'm great with with pops like this. I, I'm okay if you're gonna if you're gonna bring somebody up and have them win. I and thought the them. match. Yeah, I thought the match could have been longer though. I, I thought it definitely made the champions look really really weak. And I guess I you know we feel bad for Natalia. We're putting her in the money in the bank women's portion of the match now which okay whatever that means um which you know she's she's a great wrestler and as we saw a really good match with her and real raw but i i'm for i'm for this I, I thought it was interesting that those two from nxt uh got the call up um but it looks like more uh some more movement is on the way but uh a, a pleasant surprise a real bummer for uh for bailey who you know, she was she was one of the real MVPs of the of the whole like quote unquote pandemic era of the WWE because she was there week in, week out. She was yeah. doing entertaining things when there were no fans around. For a while it was her and Sasha. And then recently she's been she's been pretty funny and and like really over the top. And I gotta say, I used to think when she was in NXT. That she had the opportunity to be like one of the bigger stars ever because of how over she was as a baby face and maybe with young kids and little girls and stuff like that. I never in a million years thought she'd be able to pull off the heel thing at all. I didn't think it would be believable. I thought she would be like when they're trying too hard, but she's so damn annoying and like <laughs> whiny. And she does exactly what she's supposed to do. She makes you just – but but it's not go away heat, right? You kind of just like laugh at how annoying she is, and you kind of you just want to see her get punched. I feel bad for her. Have you feel bad anytime anyone suffers an injury? But um, uh, she is the type of person who can can probably still continue to do some of her um her like talk show stuff. You know, when she gets a little bit like when she's at least able to kind of move around better. Yeah, there were some segments and uh, some matches and parts in WrestleMania. Uh, that we were uh, mm-hmm. saying, please, Bailey, save us. Because she had some yes. <laughs> pretty funny segments during WrestleMania. I, you know, even with her feud with Sasha, I thought it was going to be hard for people not to, uh, you know, have her be a face in that because she's just so popular. But when, you know, when she cut the hair, you know, um, she just did so well with it. And, you know, it's just uh, one of those things. And it's, you know, when you're training as an athlete, you just you never really know when it's going to happen. And, um, you know, I thought it was interesting that they moved the match. Uh, they named an opponent with Carmella, which yeah. I'm, I'm totally OK with. I'm totally OK with. They moved the match from the pay-per-view to Friday Night Smackdown. Um, 
I thought Which, that was odd. I agree. It's you almost know, like, like that. There's is there going to be some sort of a surprise now? You wonder or something. It makes me. It is weird. You just you think about it. Why? Why not just have that same match at the pay per view? Why would you move it to SmackDown? Yeah, I, I just uh, you know, and also when it's all the money in the briefcase or money in the bank ladder match pay per view, right? I always like the title matches on there because it kind of I like the well, this could be it. You know, somebody cashing in tonight. I just I like I've always liked that suspense, but. Again, Carmelo looks fantastic. This is probably the best she's ever looked. She's much improved in the ring. I really didn't like Bianca's promo. I didn't like the one-liner. I don't know if Bailey's faking this injury or not. I kind of really yeah didn't because what, I, that, I don't I don't like that at all. That's like a like so that's kind of assuming that okay we're being played here a little bit. I don't, Why would yeah. you say that? I mean I that's that like funny. a that just kind of makes because we know we know she's not. That's right. the thing. If right. it was part of the storyline where we knew that she was, then it's fine for the baby face to say that. But when yeah, we know it, in real life, it, she really got hurt. We all like, and most of us know now, like we follow the stuff. A lot of us are, yeah, she got hurt at the performance center. We know. Yeah. You know, unless Carmella was playing the, you know, the, the old, uh, Nancy Kerrigan, you know, take out the ice skater, <laughs> the right. Uh, you know, back in the day, but you know, Liv comes out and gets involved. And she's put into the Money in the Bank ladder match uh, for the women. So that leaves one open spot. And you know, you know, we we, we were kind of curious who this other spot. Now I'm all in that this Sonya Deville is is putting herself in this match. And right. I don't That'd know if she comes out the winner. You know, I, maybe she does. I, I think that would make it over the top. You There's know? nobody in the win because in the men's match, it feels like. I gotta say, they a lot of times they don't do a good job with with the build to matches like this for the men. Right. And even in like recent Royal Rumbles, sometimes we'll cre- we'll scratch our head and be like, we didn't even get the promos from guys saying that they wanted right. to win, you know. But <laughs> yeah. it does feel like Ricochet, Morrison, yep. Riddle, like Big E, Nakamura, Rollins. They've all been referencing this. They've all been built like I could see any of them winning. Like almost any of the guys, it wouldn't surprise me. But th- I look at the women's match, and it's kind of the opposite. I, I yeah. was like, oh, it's yeah. probably not Oscar, and eh, it's probably not Naomi. Like maybe it could be Alexa or Nikki. You know, I mean, Liv's been getting a little more time. Zelina just came back. Maybe like it's probably not Natty. Like I don't really feel confident in it. I, I guess Nikki would be the one because she's getting the most with the superhero gimmick, and Alexa's been on. But I just don't feel quite as confident. Um, and like you said, there's still the surprise. So I would love for, I, you know, I would love to see Liv get the push. If I had to pick one, I think she probably, I'm not saying one deserves it over the other. You know, I just think that it's her time. I think that would be a great gimmick for her. But if, if you're going to, if Sonya Deville is going to get in the match, she's got to be one of the last, the last ones around in the match with that briefcase. If she doesn't win it, you know, I, I think she's going to be in that final that final part of the match I, I think this is a perfect time for her to say uh, On Smackdown that She's it, hopefully it's not a WWE Social media exclusive that she puts in I would I, I, I would definitely Do some kind of segment on Smack, Smackdown Which she's saying, hey, I'm the One of the GMs of Smackdown, I'm making The rules and I'm putting myself in the match I know I said I would never do this Or, you know, you can leave it as a surprise and her music hits. You know, that would, I guess, get a good pop, too. But 
No, there's really not a front runner. I can't wait to see the opening odds. Uh, I looked earlier, didn't see anything yet. They usually come out a couple of days before. So I'm curious to see who gets those, uh, that, that early favorite. But uh, I, I, if I had to pick one, I definitely won't live, but I can see Sonya Deville inserting herself into this match and winning it. So we really are getting this influx of, uh, in particular right now, uh, women um, coming yeah. up to the main roster because we we got shot, uh, Shotzi and, and Knox that we mentioned. Um, we'll talk a bit on NXT how it looks like Aaliyah is coming up and there's sort of maybe like a trade kind of going on there. Yeah. Um, we were getting vignettes. Uh, we just got Zelina Vega in uh, back and we're... Getting a little teaser for uh, someone that you and I are a big fan of, and I gotta think that she seems like someone that Vince would really love because she's got the look. <clears throat> First of all, she she looks she's good looking, and she looks like someone that Vince would want to promote. She can go in the ring, she can talk, she can work as a babyface or a heel. Tony Storm is coming up. Yeah, you know we, we last heard seen a couple of vignettes from from Tony and NXT. Um, and it's just like all of a sudden, boom, here she is. And yeah, I think it's the perfect home for her. Um, I, I you know, raw, you kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit with three hours of SmackDown. Um, I think she fits right in. Now you have Shotzi and Knox on the SmackDown roster. You know, Sasha Banks will probably be back pretty soon. Becky, that, that Becky, that NXT women's roster is is really really heavy and you're taking some good parts out of that and bringing it up to the smackdown roster which is probably the better of the two between smackdown and raw and now smackdown is uh very quietly built their women's division and uh, tony storm definitely puts it over the top i i can't wait to see her uh, get into. I, I think she's gonna do really really well too with the wwe universe i agree i think she'll do she feels like someone who would would be better in WWE than NXT. Yeah, she's still she's it's like a Becky Lynch type persona. Yeah. I fit those vibes with her. I, I'm I, not saying she's gonna get to that level, but she has that. She look. can. She could. She can. Yes. She, if they got behind her and, and and they really like pushed her, she could she I've always thought that about her. I mean, she yeah. is really talented. She's been all over the world um for a long time and been always thought of as as like a top, top tier talent. So I'm happy to get uh, to see her um, get this kind of an opportunity here, and um, you know it's it is a little bit of a bummer that um, it feels like Cesaro had a big such a big last few months, and then he loses again to Rollins. Yeah, I get it because Rollins, you know, is they see more in Rollins. There's more they can do probably with Rollins, you know. Um, but it it is a bummer that Cesaro kind of you know he he gets those big wins over Seth, and then. Now he gets a couple of losses and, and, and Seth qualifies and it's like, oh, he's kind of right back to where he was. Uh, yes, but uh, matches have been awesome. 18 minute match, 19 minute match, awesome. SmackDown. Uh, this one was, I mean, this is about as good as you get. Um, good storytelling from start to finish. Uh, you knew Seth was going to go over, but um, man, hey, look, you're going to lose. Uh, you know, at least lose in, in, in a fantastic match uh, with Seth. Um, you know, maybe there's something on the other side of this that Cesaro gets. Hopefully he stays on SmackDown. Um, yeah, it, it's a bummer that he lost because we were getting that push. And so he kind of resigns and it's like uh, you always 
it seems like these guys and girls that resign, it's like, oh, then they, you know, they go back to, okay, well, you're us for, you're with us for two more years. So you're going to lose for a while. But I, it, it, as long as he keeps putting on these type of matches, then I, I, I'm okay yep. with, with some losses, but I, I would like to see him get in it, get away from, from Seth Rollins after this. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we finished up with, uh, the segment that we, uh, or there, there was a little back and forth, um, between Seth and edge. Yeah. And yeah. so that was what you were sort of referencing. Rollins yeah. talks about how he might cash in on the money in the bank winner. And, uh, he said, you know, he tells edge, he should be the one to face Rollins. Um, edge is, you know, behind him when he's talking trash. And then, so there's, there's something there. I don't know if I could see one of the two getting involved in the match in the others. I, I don't think Edge is going to necessarily stop Seth from winning, but I could see maybe, to, you know, if the Roman match, I, I wonder how they're going to set up the show. Because you always wonder with when they have the, mo- the Money in the Bank matches, how they set up, um, because there's always the possibility of somebody cashing it in that night. Absolutely. That's what I like about the pay-per-view. I love it. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see Seth Rollins get involved because we've seen Seth get involved in some Roman matches mm-hmm. over the last couple of months and not really, you know, know why, uh, even though it was with Cesaro, um, you know, he, he wasn't really helping out Roman Reigns. I don't think he's really going to be helping him out. Um, this, this is going to be, you have to have some sort of uh, interference uh, with the Roman edge type match. We know we're going to have the, the Usos, you know, we, we maybe want the Mysterio, maybe we get the schmozzy, like with all of them. Yeah. Coming I, out cause, there. Yeah. Cause we saw that for, for them to, to come out and help. So I can definitely see Seth because I'm, I'm all for Seth edge, uh, run to to SummerSlam. I, I think that's a hell of a matchup. Um, it's two guys that can talk two two guys that can work in the ring. So I'm, uh, does that say Seth doesn't win the Money in the Bank ladder match? Uh, probably. Yeah, I don't think good. he needs it. You know, I, I don't like, think he needs it. I, I think I just have a feeling it, it's it's one of the Raw guys. I, yeah, I, I do just, too. I They've do, been doing I, really good I, I with do. it. Rock, Ricochet, Morrison, Riddle, Riddle. You know, like feels like the, the the stuff that they could do with Riddle with the damn briefcase. You know, <laughs> and uh, and we're so we uh, we can transition now over to Raw because yep. we ended SmackDown there with the. The segment that we already talked about with the uh, the Usos and with uh, with Edge standing tall as Roman uh, ran to the back with his tail between his legs, <laughs> and uh, we got to start Raw. Bobby Lashley, who's been booked very very strong, he he stands over like in the middle of a match that he's having with Xavier Woods to pose, and Woods rolls him up for a pin and a win, and so. Uh, Lashley is furious after the match And we can kind of discuss this all, all uh, in one um, With the, the main event as segment Because it was all part of this angle So Lashley loses He's furious And then we can't We don't know if he's around or not And it, and it looks like he leaves And so now we're wondering you know, What this loss has done to Lashley Because we're only a couple days out um, Lashley ends up Coming back uh, but it's later in the main event segment when MVP has all the ladies out there, and he calls them. Uh, he calls out Lashley to the ring to come celebrate in the uh, MVP in the VIP lounge, and um, Lashley kind of walks out all dejected. He tells the ladies to leave, and then he gets starts getting mad. One of my favorite lines that he said was, 
you think you could cheer me up with women and champagne? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that probably cheer up a lot. Of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people would be pretty excited about that, you know, but uh, <laughs> he, you, you don't think of Bobby Lashley as a, a guy who cuts great promos because no. it's just not, it's not him. He's an athlete. He's a badass. He's real. That's why you, you stick someone like MVP with him. But this was probably one of the more memorable promos of his entire career. I thought it was pretty good. He, it made the loss earlier in the show make sense. He said he lost a little something. And now my only worry about this, my only concern is, uh, is poor Kofi going to be getting sacrificed this weekend? (laughs) Hopefully it's not one of those squash type matches. And you kind of get a feeling it could be because the, Solid that that was about as solid of a segment you could get with Bobby Lashley on the mic, and that's we haven't said that much. We haven't been saying that often since he's you know been in that main event picture for a while uh, since before WrestleMania uh, when he won this title. Um, I hate roll ups, but this time it 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 actually made sense. Uh, he's you know like I shouldn't be losing to you know to these guys, and I should be doing this. I I thought he was going to attack MVP. Me too. But, but then you kind of like, well, then people are going to really enjoy that, so we want to keep Kofi. Wait, it, the- keep them together for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit yeah, more. Hopefully yeah, we're, we're, yeah, hopefully we're done with, with the, you know, the women kind of coming out, because I never really made sense to me, but man, it sure seems like Lashley's going to roll through Kofi Kingston. It does, and then maybe we get the uh, I beat him just like Brock beat him, yeah. and <laughs> and then the next night Brock comes out, you know, and sure, that, that's sure. what everyone's kind of expecting and kind of wanting and uh, and and hoping for. But um, I will say all week in particular, it felt like there was some really good promos cut, like just some really good mic work from SmackDown with Edge and the Uso stuff. That was uh that was really solid, and then even into. To here on Raw with with Lashley, a couple things that stood out into NXT and then into AEW. Um, we looks like we're going to be getting uh, there's something with with Dewdrop and Alexa Bliss because they seem like they're being uh, buddy buddies in the playground. Alexa and Eve uh, Eva Marie they're not really fans of each other, so we had a little segment there um, with uh, with them. Um, I mean Alexa's at least been going in the ring here. Um, I'm. I guess I'm sort of curious where this is going. I don't hate it. I don't really love it. I guess I just want to see more, uh, a little more of it. But um, yeah, they they're they're still going heavy with the you know Eva Marie kind of being really controlling and being awful to do drop. Yep. Uh, at least we didn't. You know, we don't have the doll stuff anymore. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, we we may get some some pop ups here and there with that. So it, at least that's. Yeah, we need to see Alexa in the ring when she's involved. She's just she's good. She's been, you know, as about as good as you can get with this this character. Um, I don't know how much longer um, uh, that goes on, but it definitely looks like Dewdrop now is, is kind of like they, she wants to be friends with her, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, then she kind of has to attack her after uh, you know we have the uh, fatal four way. Uh, there later in the night with uh, Oscar, Naomi, Alexa, and Nikki, Nikki Ash, Ash. Nikki Ash, um, 
and and I'm good with with Nikki getting that win. I thought yeah. after the last couple of weeks, they kind of made her look silly after you know this. I like the gimmick. I like the character. I think she's great with it. I like the win yeah, here. It's fine. It's fine. The, the match went a little long for me. Um, you know, you. Yeah, I'm just I'm not as much of a fan as they are of like, oh hey, we've got. A money in the bank six man six woman or six person ta- match. Let's have everybody fight in combinations right. leading up of it. It yeah. used to be back in the day they would do the you'd get maybe like one tag match or something leading up, and then a lot of times you'd get they, situations where they wouldn't even really touch or get in the ring until they fought, and it they'd be a little bit more. So yeah, it was fine. I agree with you. It just kind of went on a little bit too long. Um, we had the funny uh, little interaction with Riddle and with Nikki before. Uh, <laughs> as she said that she's she can't fly because she's not she's almost a superhero. And uh, yeah. Riddle, Riddle, yeah. So um, that was fine. Um, I I think because we've been getting so much of this Drew gender stuff, like I would not be shocked if gender comes out and causes Drew from winning, keeps Drew from winning this. To build to continue to uh to build with the two of them, it it it's funny because we didn't know that Jinder had any interest in motorcycles. Motorcycle. And now this is like the love <laughs> of his life, you know. It's um, it, it, a crotch rocket of all things. It's, it's like well, really wait, funny. Wait, this this is from? like then we have a like a gimmick sword as well, and it's like what is going on here? Yeah, Drew doesn't need to win. I think we all know that, and I think uh, they probably know that as well. I. I I, I have no problem with him being in the match and him getting, you know, each each guy and girl are going to have that opportunity to think, oh, they're going to win, only to have it, you know, taken from them. Uh, yeah, th- this feud, uh, I want to see those. I'd like to see Drew work a couple of of genders guys a yeah. little bit. You know, I want to sure. see that, and then him finally get his hands on gender, you know, down the road. I don't, you know, you. If you're going to do that for SummerSlam with Drew McIntyre, he he's a big name. He still gets a lot of pop. I, I would think it'd have to be I'm not saying a gimmick match, but I, you no, know, something you want a little to, bigger than just a straight yeah, Drew. Yeah, running from him, you know, up until SummerSlam. So when you know, gender uh, when uh, Drew finally gets his hands on him, it, it means a little bit. But yeah, I, I could definitely see him getting involved um, or, or causing an issue. Maybe his his guys, you know, before the match or. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening on Sunday in this pay-per-view. I, I think this is this is one for the ages. This is their first pay-per-view um, with fans. Uh, it'll set the tone after uh, your SmackDown on a Friday night. So I think they're going to come out with guns blazing uh, with it. Did, I don't like what they're doing here, and, and I hope I know where you're with, going <laughs> with AJ. I just AJ shouldn't be losing to Ivar. And I know you got, you're setting up the tag match, and I know it's part of it all, but it just AJ shouldn't be losing like this. Um, Omos gets the win. They they both have singles matches, and and you know, and like you said, you kind of we're just kind of hoping that um, that the Viking Raiders get the win, and that we yes. get AJ back into some sort of singles because that that feels like what really has to happen, where AJ is going to be you know the the most potential, the max potential. For for AJ Styles is when he's a singles. You can put him in the main event. You can slot him anywhere. Um, I, I don't love this, so I'm hoping they lose. And did they change the day of the match? Did they move it from Raw? I thought it was on Raw. Is it on Raw or is it on the pay per view? 
it is being moved, from my understanding, to the pay-per-view now. That's why I but thought it's kind of it's odd that goes on, but Bianca and Carmella comes off. So bizarre. bizarre. It is. It, I thought it was bizarre to have AJ and Omos paired up before WrestleMania. I thought that was kind of like a Hail Mary. Oh, hey, wait, we need AJ Styles on WrestleMania. Uh, we need the tag titles somehow. Smack, uh, the Raw uh, tag team titles need to be put on there because Raw is our show. Oh, yeah, let's put them two together. It just really never worked. And that goes to show you that just because you have a belt uh, doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be you know, interesting. This is this has definitely been a downer for me because I'm a massive AJ Styles mark. Yeah, not not a fan. Hopefully, we can get uh, get on quickly from this. Um, so we saw Humberto Carrillo, Sheamus uh, backstage. Um, Sheamus was was really mad, and he uh, he then they, they they talk about how he's going to have a match uh, against Humberto for the U.S. title and. Um, they end up having a match in just a minute, but uh, Sheamus is backstage. He attacks Humberto before the match. Officials try to kind of break it up, um, and Sheamus just tossing him around. Uh, Damian Priest um, gives him a look as he kind of walks over, and we get Humberto walking out to the ring um, with Damian Priest as Sheamus is waiting there. He he gets introduced. Bell rings and he goes right down and he and Seamus just nails him with the brogue. And then the post match, Seamus tries to to you know continue to uh to beat up on him, but Priest interferes. So hey, this is this is a kind of exactly what we were calling for. This is where Priest should be. This is a good role for him. And at least in the over the last couple of weeks, we've seen him on TV. They <clears throat> they had him in a great spot with everything with Bad Bunny and mm-hmm. they didn't quite capitalize there, but I don't feel like he's completely dead in the water. No, I I, I, I first I thought you know maybe Sheamus is just not completely one hundred percent cleared because that was such a squash match, you know, with Umberto. Um, that's a, definitely a way to get Umberto out of the picture because remember it was him, Ricochet, and Sheamus. Um, uh, you know, a, a while back that mm-hmm. was battling it out in Ricochet and Umberto. We thought that we were going to have these matches. And then, you know, Seamus, you know, uh, has a bad injury with his nose. Um, and now Priest comes in. If, if Seamus is cleared to wrestle, I would think Priest and Seamus would be on Money in the Bank. But then I thought, okay, well, let's build this. So I think this is probably a pretty good build for a SummerSlam match. And, 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 yeah, I agree. And, Push push Damian Priest into some more of the spotlight because I think a program with him and Sheamus would be fantastic. A win at some a win at SummerSlam would be big for him. Yes, a, big, a win at SummerSlam, winning the U.S. title, get the celebration there with the fans, get a big pop, and you yes. get a win over an established guy like Sheamus, who who Sheamus can take that loss. That's fine. Like this is the the point of his career where <clears throat> you can slot Sheamus anywhere and he'll be fine. So. It, but it'll mean something to to get wins over him. Um, yes. I think this is good. This will be good use of both of them. And, and speaking of uh, good use of a couple guys, Morrison and Ricochet, they have Ooh, some man. amazing chemistry with each other. We got a falls count anywhere match here that Ricochet ends up winning. He's finally being treated like a legitimate superstar, like a legitimate contender, like a legitimate guy who's. You know, maybe got a shot to win this money in the bank, not just some guy in catering. I I, I appreciate that. The 15, 20 minutes that he's been out there every week have been entertaining. 
So Ricochet, he's uh, he looks strong heading in. I don't know if he's going to win, but they've done a a, a pretty good job of uh, of revamping him over the last two months or so. Yeah, as you can hear the sirens going off yet again everywhere around me. This all is, over. Uh oh, everything okay? Is, uh, yeah, everything's good. Um, yeah, this is the perfect time to alert, alert. Ricochet is the man. Uh, <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, you know, look, we we man, this is uh, this is this match here. Uh, I, I think what 15, 16 minutes of we got a you know four fifty off the barricade. We got a shooting star off the ring pose. Um, these two guys, uh, you talked about chemistry. Um, they're good with anyone in a match. But when you put Ricochet and Morrison together again, uh, we've seen, seen shooting star presses over barricades. Uh, I know they kind of have a little slip earlier in the match. You, you, you kind of had a, you know, a, you were trying something off the barricade. I'm always not a big fan of that because of that, because people can get hurt, blah, blah, blah. But, this match delivered, man, and it just makes you really, really stoked to, for the money in the bank. And you got to feel like Ricochet is the guy that they're kind of teasing you out there, you know, that's going to win it. But maybe at the very end, you know, he, he doesn't. But he uh, heading into the pay-per-view, I can say this, you know, we, we have we have crapped all over some of this booking on Raw, right? We, we just have. Ricochet has been done pretty good heading yeah. into money in the and bank. And even Morrison. Like yes. Morrison, he doesn't, he hasn't like lost a lot in not winning some of these matches. So sure. he he's looked good. Riddle, you know, look looks good um, leading into this, and um, we got a Rhea Ripley winning uh, against a Natty here, and then after the match, uh, Charlotte attacks. It's just it's sort of like the same thing with them. Unfortunately, these are performers where when they're in the ring, it's fine. It's just everything outside of the ring has just not been that great. No, I, I'll say this: the match was was, was very was good, very good, it was very good. Uh, those two have really good chemistry, very strong. And if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do something like they did last week with two of them are faking injuries with crutches, this is the type of stuff you want to see each week. You want to see, especially with Rhea. We we know Charlotte can go right. Have Rhea be involved in that match after the match. You could have done that over the last couple of weeks. And just not had them do these goofy segments with each other. Um, you heading to this match Sunday? I don't know who's going to win. I, I if Rhea wins, okay. Um, if Charlotte wins, okay. You know, it's just been so badly done at this point. I'm kind of like, I just don't care who wins. You know, unfortunately, I you know I'm a big Rhea, Rhea fan. I just this is one of those matches that have. You've done so much of it. There's nothing special about it on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we saw Lashley come out and cut his really nice uh, promo. My mm-hmm. only gripe, and they should have smashed that Thunderdome up a little more, right? Yeah, they, they should have hit those screens yeah, and really what... like gone to town on that thing. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was. I'm like, okay, he's gonna go off on MVP. He he's gonna tear up the announce table. He's gonna tear up TVs. I thought that would have gotten. I like the look, you know, the finish was, was, was fine, but I thought if you're going to go out, you know, in a blaze of glory from this Thunderdome era, um, this is the way to do it. And it would have been kind of WWE style, but yeah, I thought they kind of left that on the table a little bit. 
So that was Raw Before we get into NXT Let's just take a quick look at the matches they have Slated for Money in the Bank uh, Coming up this Sunday So we've got uh, AJ and Omos Versus the Viking Raiders Please, let's just Viking Raiders You can move them on to whether it be A new tag team, Riddle and Orton However you want to do it But um, that's another thing, Where's uh, what's going on with the Orton? You know, I've I've asked around and I've looked around. There's not an injury problem. Um, there's not any situation like that. Um, I had a couple of people tell me he, he's using this uh, time uh, to take those last minute uh, things he needs to take care of because no more, you know, going to the same place uh, every Monday. They're, Travel they're the, back, back on the road. They're back on the road. So I'm hearing there's no injury. There's no cause of concern. He's just using this time to do some personal stuff. So uh, he should be back here uh, on Monday Night Raw. So um, we've got uh, Rhea versus Charlotte. You know, we just sort of spoke about that one. Like, if I had to pick, I I think they'd actually put it back on Charlotte, to be honest. Probably, yeah. Um, I, I, I could see either one. It makes I, more yeah. sense to put it on Charlotte because you, you've done absolutely nothing with Rhea. I I wouldn't think they would send her back down to NXT, though, you know, it's uh, who knows, because uh, we're going to talk about NXT in just a second. We saw a, a, a familiar face return. But, yeah, we need to move past this. And hopefully Sunday is the last time these two uh, are, are, are going to compete against each other in a while. We have uh, Roman versus Edge. Doesn't feel like. This is the time for Roman to lose This, this yep. will be fun and this will probably be Shamazi. Yeah a lot of people Get involved uh, Usos I, I, I think Seth Rollins Gets involved yeah. um, I, You know possibility of a very good Match because remember I, this was going to be The Wrestlemania match mm-hmm. You know and then they stuck Daniel Bryan in it So uh, you know it's going to be a good match But no Roman definitely keeps The title here Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston over under, does this thing go longer than a minute? Is this an actual <laughs> match, or is it just Bobby coming in and squashing Kofi again pretty quickly? Man, if, I know some people are not going to like to hear this, and they're they're really going to get upset. Um, but I, I think I think you squash Kofi here. If you're bringing Brock Lesnar back, I don't know if you are because then that kind of you know you have Paul Heyman with Roman Reigns, um, I, you know. I don't know how that works out if he's going to be on both shows. It's kind of odd. Um, then maybe there, there's a Roman Brock uh, again down the road, both as champions. I don't know, just fantasy booking here. But I definitely don't see Bobby losing this one. Um, no. When you lose heading into a pay-per-view, uh, you, you normally are going over um, the, the, the following match. But I, I feel a squash here. It wouldn't surprise me if the match goes long, but it really doesn't do anything for Bobby if it does. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be quick. And uh, we got the two money in the bank matches. So uh, for the women, Oscar, Naomi, Alexa, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia. And then there's one spot still open. Uh, if you had to make a, a prediction, give me who you want and then who you think. Oh man, uh, I, I kind of said it earlier. Um, Liv, right? I, I, yeah, I, I just think Liv needs the push. You know, I, WWE sometimes does some weird things. I could see Nikki. Liv uh, and Nikki with, make the most sense. I think. Of, yes, they they do. They seem yeah, like I, that would. You know, I, I'm a better. I would. You know, place multiple win bets here. You know, I'm going to hedge my bet here. Um, 
if Sonya's going to get involved in this match, I don't think she has to win it to get involved because then you could say she, if she lost, she gets out of it. She said, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't want to, I can't do that anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want Nikki or Liv and I'm hoping it's one of those. I, 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 I like the Sonya wrinkle too. That would be great. Yeah. Nikki Liv makes sense. It just, it doesn't feel right for Oscar Naomi. I mean, I could, the, 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 if, if they wanted to throw us off by having Zelina lose, then they they did that because the the money in the bank gimmick actually would go well with Zelina, absolutely a heel yep. who could cut promos, who's cut, who could walk around with it, could tease cashing it in a lot of the time. Like it fits her. Um, and I wonder with someone that that just came back like that is that is that maybe something they said to her, you know, to resign her and say, hey, you come back, we'll give you a little briefcase That's and a little run with it or something. Who knows? Just uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, some uh, some outside the box thinking there as uh, the money in the bank ladder match. Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, Seth Rollins. This should be a damn good match. Oh man, uh, um, they they are spot on um, booking this match. Um, yeah. you know, KO. I, I, again, I I think Raw wins this this briefcase. Um, I, I just. With Roman Reigns keeping the title, someone trying to cash in it on him, I just doesn't feel right to me. Um, especially if they're going to go with The Rock. Now, if they got to wait on The Rock, The Rock's not going to be on TV every week. Maybe you have that briefcase on Friday nights, and there's always to keep in tune. But it definitely feels like it stays on the red brand. And uh, man, I I know this is crazy sounding, but I, I'm I'm all in on Ricochet. I'm I'm. I think he has been built up to win this match. Uh, I think it's, it, I don't think it's going to be Drew. Uh, Seth, I, you know, SmackDown, Big E is SmackDown. If you're, if I'm going to pick someone on SmackDown, I would think Big E fills that part too, because mm-hmm. he's a big guy. Roman's a big champion. And, and they kind of quieted place. him. Sometimes yes. they do this before yes. they have the people win. They, they have them, they, they quiet them down a little bit, you know? Um, so, yeah, Big E would uh, maybe flying a little under the radar. Um, we'll see uh, if Big E. Uh, I would. Yeah, I think Riddle, Ricochet, Big E are the ones who I think are the most likely yes. winners. Those three. And yeah, because I, I don't know what we're gonna do with Riddle and Orton. Riddle Orton going off TV for whatever. It, it kind of like it took the wind out of it. Did we, it we did were good stuff? And I'm funny. not saying. I'm not saying it's he couldn't automatically come back because he could because he's Randy Orton and he may and they may go back to you know being that but with if he does come back and Riddle does have the briefcase you know that would if I'm Orton that would piss me off yeah you know, and then you kind of have a built-in feud with that with Riddle with the briefcase so really? there's a lot of options and I tell you this man they're all in on on Riddle too they, man, are. they are I they are so uh, money in the bank coming up. This weekend as we head on over to uh, Capital Wrestling Center for NXT To open things up We got Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon And you know Dakota Kai is really good in the ring she, you, know, you know you kind of forget sometimes how good she is But I, I wonder what they're going to do with Ember now Who 
She's been up to the main roster She's really done everything she could do in, in NXT so far She didn't really have a whole lot of success up there She came back down, she was in a tag team that At least like was a good tag team You could throw her and Shotzi out there And they could get you a nice 15 minute match And they could help, they were a good tag team To have, you wonder um, NXT is going to need Need some women elevated But I don't know she just had Her opportunity again that she Lost for the the NXT women's title I'm I'm kind of curious What what ends up happening with her uh, Her partner goes to the main roster And she loses uh, it was a good right, Match yeah. a hot opener uh, Yeah you know what she was on Raw wasn't she and I think She blew an Achilles Heel or Achilles tendon chasing Our truth or I Remember yeah. she, her saying on that I, I used to love those shows on Tuesday night on Fox Sports uh, One that the WWE backstage. backstage I, yeah. I, I enjoyed that show, um, and she was on it. And she did, you know, she told a couple of stories. I remember her saying she, that's when she got hurt and it really depressed her. And she was a proponent of going, wanting to go back down to NXT. Um, yeah, you know, this is it's she's might be the odd person out here, but she's she's. I'm not a big fan of hers, but she's good in the ring. Um, maybe she put some some people over here, but I don't think she gets put in that title picture right away. The uh, post match, we got Zaya Lee coming out, and Zaya mm-hmm. Lee is going to be in the title picture for uh, uh, Gonzalez next. I, I thought they were probably going to be building her up a little bit more, but it it just I'm going to give NXT a little bit of a pass. For things that might have seemed a little bit off or different this week, because we just saw what happened. They had a sure. lot of their talent pulled up. I mean, Shotzi was in a tag team with Ember, and she's up. Tegan just came back out last week, and now she's up. Tony Storm is going up. She was teasing, you know, feuds with a couple different people. Now she's on her way up. Um, and so now, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be really hard on them for someone like Zaya who maybe didn't. They probably wanted to build her a little bit more for, Before putting her in the spot Because I don't think it's time for Raquel to lose No, this is an interesting choice um, Yeah, we're going to give them a pass We're going to see what happens here um, I definitely thought They probably had another idea of With Raquel We haven't really seen Raquel much Remember the Great American Yeah, Pack? I was going to say, really quiet It's been yeah, quiet for her She really hasn't defended her title She's been in this tag team uh, uh you know, match, uh, you know, with, with several other people. So, you know, it's an interesting choice and they automatically announce it. She's defending her title next week. Um, I hoping it's not, uh, she loses and she's gone. Um, but man, she's defending that title next week. Maybe it's like, Hey, look, you know, we, we need to get her back on back doing the singles deal. She's our champion. Uh, we put the title on her. Let's get her back in the ring. So hopefully it's that. So uh, yeah, it's a quick title match here. We, you've got a uh, you only had one show to kind of promote this storyline. Set this, this up, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm I like Malcolm Bivens. I like yeah. Roderick Strong. Um, I like Rust. I, I I need to see a little more from this. It hasn't really connected all that much with me yet. Um, with the Diamond Mine stuff. Uh, Fish uh, ends up having a good match with Tyler Rust, and he kind of teases, uh, you know, something with uh, some more with uh, with um, Roderick Strong down the line. Uh, it's okay, it's fine. I I just I need I need to see a little bit more. It hasn't quite um, wowed me or anything yet. No, I, I, this uh, I thought the match was probably too short. You know, Bobby, yes, I agree. 
and it probably could have told a little bit better story. You know, there's wrestling is now, especially with AEW and, and NXT is like that as well. It is, it's faction driven. We have a lot of people together um, throughout the entire show. And I'm okay with, with this not being a fantastic faction because you don't need all of these factions vying for the top spot because you can't have that many doing it. But I like Bivens. I, I mean, the guy can talk. I think uh, I think this needs more time. Uh, I just don't know if, you know, because we're going to get a tag match, I think, next week, right? Um, maybe involved here. There's something trying to work, but the first the first week of them actually all being together and being involved in the match definitely didn't really connect with me. If I'm saying that correct. Uh, yeah, I got what you're saying. The, the two things that actually really connected with me uh, on this show quite a bit were um, the breakout tournament. I yeah. like this. And I, I got to say the two, uh, the match that we saw between um, Hudson and, uh, and hero, they are both the guys I could app Hudson. I don't know how he's not on the main roster right now. This guy looks exactly like a guy that Vince would want. He's got this. He's got a look to him. He's got size. He's got like a, a good little like char- a charisma to him. He's something. He's got a little Wade Barrett ish kind of like in yes. him, you know. Um, yeah. and and then Hero is like a great baby face. He's super colorful. He's putting up polls online, having people vote on which jacket he should wear out there, and like he's exciting, real super high flyer, flipping around. I just wish these two guys didn't have to meet in the first round and, and Hudson gets the win. This would have been a, a fun, like maybe semifinal or even final. Um, I, I see both of these guys with a, a good future here. And, and I could see them in a couple years being very successful. Like we, we saw a, a couple people from the NXT breakout tournament back in 2019. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw Hudson work is this guy is a main roster. He's got the look. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I, it didn't really bother me that Hudson won. I thought, I just thought Hero was the hotter of the guy. I felt like they were pushing and promoting him yeah, a that, little that bit is, more. Yeah, you're right. And I thought him losing, uh, I don't really know his style. I kind of thought it was odd that he wore his jacket the whole time. I'm okay with it if that's his gimmick. I just thought I'd seen more of him around. So I thought, okay, even on social media, I'm not knocking Hudson on that, but I just thought, the other guy probably could have, I, I would have, I, I'm with you. I thought this could probably definitely been a semifinals, maybe not the finals as well. I have to see what the other guys uh, do, um, but it, it was a good match. It, you know, it's, I, I like tournament. Um, love them. I, I, I love them. And I, I think this is an intriguing for NXT to have on uh, these matches each and every week. Okay. So the, the best part of the show, <laughs> no doubt is, <laughs> Cameron Grimes shows up at LA Knight's place uh, for butler duty. And first up, he has to get the makeover. So um, we see him. He gets a hair, little his hair kind of cut and, and put it in a little, like, nicely done into a ponytail. He gets his beard trimmed up. He's in a nice tuxedo. And he loves it. And it's pissing off L.A. Knight that Cameron Grimes is just making the best out of everything here. He's oh, man, I look good. Look (laughs) at me. I'm so good looking. Wow. No, you don't. You look like an idiot. You look like a stupid guy in a stupid penguin suit. Stupid. And and L.A. Knight, 
is so great and over the top with this uh, chat. This like I don't know anybody who's saying anything bad about this. This is one of my favorite things going in all of wrestling right now. Uh, it's home run. It is, uh, you know, and I, I often wondered how they were going to do these segments. I like that we're not just going to get one a week and we have to wait to the next one the next week, seven days. I think that kind of because now if you can do three or four in a week, this really doesn't have to go on as long as exactly only, only getting to see that. Right. Sure. We don't want sure. too many weeks of this, but. For it to kind of like blow up in L.A. Knight's face that he won the match. This guy's <laughs> Butler. He's paying a kid now to come Dude, over. The, the lawnmower. <laughs> so he goes outside and he tells he tells him you have to mow the lawn now, and it's this huge, huge field uh, lawn. And Grimes goes, "Oh, great! I've got my uh, my mower here, and he, he's got this like brand new mower you could sit on." And L.A. Knight says, "No, you have to do it with this rinky dinky hand mow, you know, lawn mower." And he says, no problem. I used to do that with my grandma. She loved it when I did that. And so he's all happy. And then the lawn, he, he turned around and all of a sudden uh, Grimes is sitting there by the pool having fun. And he said, yeah, I got a little tired. So I decided to pay this kid out there to do it. And this kid's out there <laughs> mowing the lawn. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh... – <laughs> I don't know where else this can go. Probably another week of this uh, before L.A. Knight says, I've had enough. I'm firing you. And then we can kind of get back into the, uh, uh, you know, Grimes chasing a little bit. I, I, I would like to see L.A. Knight defend that title, you know, to with other people in NXT um, and Grimes get involved somehow. But these segments have been A plus from the beginning. And it's just a home run. Signing L.A. Knight, um, Eli Drake has been, you know, a huge, huge uh, uh, opportunity, not only for for Eli Drake slash L.A. Knight, uh, because, you know, he was in N.W.A. for a little while. He was mm-hmm. so good on Impact. Impact's ratings now are just so bad. I don't know how many people are actually watching that. So now to see him on USA Network get to do this. And Grimes the same way. He was an impact. He, 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 man, the guy can wrestle. He has to look that Southern accent. This is just, this has been a home run for NXT. Uh, we, uh, we're continuing on a little with uh, Loomis and with Indy. Um, as uh, they're, uh, they talked about what happened last week. And then she helped him out at, after a match that uh, Santos Escobar ends up winning. So, uh, that that they're great. They're great. The uh the the absurd couple or whatever they are. Um, it's it's. I, I love watching this progress. That it's look. Loomis came back last week. Uh, helped her out. She came back this week. This week, of course, uh, Candace comes out there. No, no, no. That's not what you want to do. I thought it was interesting that Swerve and Hit Row, uh, confronted Escobar. Uh, after so that the- like a like a babyface turn for them. Yeah, you know that because I, I don't see Escobar and uh, and those guys turning babyface. No, so I I, I kind of like this a little bit. I, I think Swerve needs to be a, fa- a face. I think they realize that that people are going to get behind them yes. in this act, and so you know what? Don't try to fight it. Like just let let them embrace it. You don't have to treat them like they don't have to be like corny baby faces or anything, you know. But but just set them up on the opposite side. Of the heels and then just and just don't have them do anything like super dastardly. That's it. No, it's uh, it's it's a good thing. Um, because Swerve is really really good. 
um, and, and he deserves that title, and he deserves to be in the ring every week. And I like that because I thought that uh, the crowd's going to get behind this faction. Um, hit row probably more than boo it. So I think the natural thing is, is to ride it out and, you know, slowly turn them face and it'd be perfect with Escobar because he can go. And I'd love to see Swerve and Escobar go at it. Uh, Saray just creepy Ooh, man. <laughs> out of Gigi Dolan. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my this gosh. Was, this was hard hitting. Um, Mandy Rose walks out. In the in the middle of this match, which kind of distracts them for a second, but Saray ends up winning. Um, and then we saw Mandy um, tease uh, later on in the show when she was backstage. It's kind of like walking by the Robert Stone brand. Um, and uh, so it looks like um, Aaliyah, who has a match uh, later on the show, she ends up uh, turning on Robert Stone and... Kind of says her goodbyes basically And it looks like she's going to be heading up to the main roster So there's a lot going on here It's really new, Frankie Monet's in the mix with them um, With Jesse Mandy Rose is in the mix with them It looks like Aaliyah's on the way out and up And Mandy and Frankie Are going to kind of all be in this um, Some sort of a storyline with them and with Robert Stone So it's fresh, it just happened There's a lot there but um, You know, I guess we'll give it a a little bit To play out uh, there's a lot to take in here. The one thing we don't want to do is you built up Frankie Monet for all these weeks. You know, she's not, it she brings her down. Match, right. And it just seems like it's a downer for me. Yeah. You know, I, a, a little bit with her, um, of all people, of all people to come back to NXT, I would never have would have thought Mandy Rose would be that no, one. I, I thought she was the ultimate man. And I'm not, Hey, look, I'm not complaining. At all, I like Mandy Rose. I just thought this this was a main roster Vince McMahon type of female athlete that he wanted. Um, this goes back to the Tough Enough days. You know, look, Chelsea Green was supposed to win that Tough Enough, and then Mandy Rose just became the do- the darling, and Mandy won won Tough Enough, and has just been on the main roster really since. And I just thought this was an interesting move. To bring her down to NXT, um, apparently it's not going to be short lived. Apparently, this is, yeah. this is her, her new home now. So um, we, uh, yeah, we mentioned um, we got through Hit Row. Escobar gets the win there. Um, Wade Barrett has the the sit down with Kyle O'Reilly. So I guess there's going to be another match with these two, which is fine. The matches are good. The work is good. I, I think I would just like to see. Something new for them because they've been so long Undisputed Era together against each other They're so long right. tied it's kind of like a Kevin Owens Sami Zayn-ish kind of thing where You know you're always going to get w- good work for them But when you see it when it after a couple Months you kind of want it to go away for a little While before they come back to it um, And I, I still don't know I think They're trying to find out who Kyle O'Reilly Is what character is he Here so um, I'll tell you Adam Cole cut a damn Great promo and the sit down thing it's, it's fine I just um, maybe maybe O'Reilly goes away for a little bit here, or or maybe they have him off TV for a tad bit because it felt like Cole is at least going in a different direction. Yeah, I, I think you know what Bronson Reed came out and those two guys, uh, him and Cole. It looks like we may have a match or two. <clears throat> it's still intriguing that you still have that Samoa Joe, you know, chokehold. You know, it, it, down the line, if you want to do O'Reilly and Cole. 
uh, you have to do where it's uh, some kind of stipulation where it's the loser leaves NXT and somebody gets called up or goes to another brand. I don't want to say called up because, you know, they're all three on, on, you know, a, a national network, but the main roster, I guess maybe you could get by with that, but Cole is, it's just the, it's the better, he's the better worker. Hey, look, Kyle O'Reilly is just, he's one of those guys, but it just seems like, I don't know if they want to try to turn him into a Daniel Bryan type, but just something is not connecting with this, his chase of Adam Cole. Uh, they have great matches. The last one didn't blow me really away, um, but this has to end for a while. I, I'm with you. He needs to either find uh, something new to chase or they hold him off the TV for a little bit because uh, Adam Cole is, is, is the guy that people want to see. I, I don't, if Kyle O'Reilly is off of TV for two months and, and Adam Cole is off the TV for two months, more people are going to be saying, why is it Adam Cole on my TV? I just, yeah, he doesn't do it for me. He's, he's, it, I, I understand he's got a great in-ring ability. He feels like a good tag guy. I just, yeah, he hasn't connected with uh, this version and, uh, and with what they want from him. So, yeah, just um, not not exactly uh, the, uh, the O'Reilly guy. Um, and uh, yeah, we got more of the the Grimes. We got Hudson uh, Hero, which we talked about, and um, Casey Canizaro and Caden Carter. So they're uh, they're back, and uh, looks like they're getting uh, you know they're going to probably take the place of some of the uh, the women who were pulled up. Yeah, and I think we've we've still got some good you know there's some good talent at that performance center that signed. We're probably going to start seeing them. I hope we see more of Gigi, which is you know was Pr- Priscilla Kelly. On the uh, the indie circuit, uh, hey, she took she took that uh, she took that beating like a champ and was immediately on Twitter saying, "Hey, uh, let's run it back." I love this. Um, she's definitely somebody uh, in a, she fits well in NXT. I'd like to see her, you know, get more involved. But that was a good tag match. I, you know, I just just hope Frankie Monet does more wrestling than than walking around. I didn't even see her little dog with her this time, which I, I just. Something felt off here and just hope it's not a trend with Frankie Monet. I just don't want people to get bored with her because that kind of felt like that with impact with her. She was kind of in all these segments and she wasn't wrestling enough towards the end of her contract. But, hey, she can work. She's one of the best in the world. Put her in the ring. I want to see more of her. We uh, yeah we we mentioned a little that uh, Bronson Reed interrupt uh, interrupted mm-hmm. a really good Adam Cole promo and so um, hey these two together uh, it's it's different we've been impressed with uh, with Reed the more we've seen him the more he's been on the mic the more uh, he's been given so um, yeah this doesn't bother me it gives Cole a little bit of of something I think they've got Cole maybe for maybe again we never know I would love for him to be up but it feels like a Cole Joe, a Cole O'Reilly, one more, and a Cole Cross are like maybe the final things that you need to cross off his list if you really have like a list for him. And and so um, he he'll have Reed for a little while here, but I just I I watch Adam Cole so much and he's so good and he connects so like he's so confident. He comes out, and he cuts his promo. I I know that if just given any opportunity, he would connect. I'm more confident about him. Getting over on the main roster than a lot of other people because he just has that kind of it factor. Um, I I just see him and I I wonder why and how he can't be or have been used like a CM Punk was or you know he he because he has like he could go cut promos and get people to chant 
you know, Adam Cole, baby, or get people to boo the hell out of him more so than a lot of these other smaller guys that are like known for their really good in ring work. He's got the it also. I often wondered how he was able to stay in NXT for this long without being called up. I'm with you, um, big Adam Cole fan. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I watched Ring of Honor, uh, was to see Adam Cole. Um, Let's not feel too sorry for Adam Cole. We know who he goes home to every night, Gino. Uh, uh, the good doctor, Rick Baker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's so, I mean, just everywhere he's been, he's uh, he's been an A-plus player. Um, I, I don't know what they're really waiting for. Uh, maybe Triple H is fighting to keep him down. Uh, that's the only thing maybe I could see. It's like, no, we need this guy here. Um but I'm sure you're going to start seeing some NXT guys on these Raw and SmackDown shows. Um, you know, we had heard about Shotzi and a few others having dark matches on SmackDown. So when these, when these, you know, you're you're going to have these Mondays and Fridays, and we're going on the road again. You're going to have roster. You're going to have some NXT men and women on those on those matches. So it's going to be interesting to see who works who who. Works well. Who goes over in front of the crowd? Who doesn't? And uh, that that'll be a good sign to see who gets uh, an, an immediate call up. But Adam Cole, I, I definitely think the match to make is him and Joe. Joe's your champion, and Adam Cole says, "I need you know, I need this match. I need that belt." Um, I definitely could see that uh, down the line. I agree. That feels like the one cross. Joe takes it from Cross. And then we get a uh, a Joe Cole yeah. again. I think that yeah. the direction where where they look to be headed, maybe uh, as Karrion Cross gets the win over Gargano, which we uh, we all assumed. Um, but after the match, he attacks Samoa Joe. Um, Scarlet kind of gets in between them, and as Joe turns around, um, Cross takes him down from behind with the uh, cross jacket submission, and Joe uh, Joe passes out there. So he, uh, Cross leaves Joe on the mat as they as they walk away. Um, so we're getting there soon. You know, yeah. they're going there. They're going there. That's, Joe's got to be ready if if they're doing this. Cleared. Yeah, if if they're going to do this, we're not going to draw this out much longer. Uh, I could see maybe a couple of more weeks. I don't know what's next for NXT. Um, is their next takeover the weekend of SummerSlam in Las Vegas? If so, it's going to probably be on a what. Uh, uh, would you do it on? It was since SummerSlam was on Saturday. You're definitely not doing it on Sunday, so you could do it for television that week. Um, that's kind of odd. That would be a Tuesday, or you do it, you know, Peacock uh, on a Friday night. Um, and uh, man, I tell you, that's that would be a good build uh, for SummerSlam weekend for Cross and Joe for the NXT title. That's uh, that's a banger right there. We head on over to AEW Dynamite, and I gotta say. Um, like AEW, don't like AEW. The people that go to these shows are <laughs> so insane for this product. They yeah. love this product. They will make anything that is like okay seem way better. And that's that's the thing that's been missing from wrestling is that there's a lot of things that we're watching and we're forgetting that it's all about the reaction, you know. Um, and that's what you're supposed to do And that's what it, the key is, is Is what kind of reaction are you evoking And it's so hard to to understand Or to get a feel for that when there's nobody there To respond to you I just, I'm, I'm so glad that we Are now at the point where we don't have to watch These shows with fans, without fans anymore And AEW has gotten a little bit of a head start But 
This crowd went, was nuts And this was a, a fun show There was a, a couple memorable things to take from it In uh, the opening match We got Moxley versus Carl Anderson People forget how good Carl Anderson is in the ring He can really go He had a, a good run a couple years ago in New Japan um, When he uh, was in the singles in the uh, the G1 And uh, Moxley ends up getting the win here As uh, the IWGP US uh, Championship Defended but right after the match Lance Archer and Jake cut a promo And they basically tell Moxley They want to come after him next week For a, a Texas death match So uh, their second one So we had a, a fine match to start um, We're going to get Moxley Setting up uh, the, the match For next week All that is okay um, Moxley I guess for me He he is a, a big star and he And they've done fine with him I think I just never personally have connected completely with him as much. Uh, I haven't either. I'm, I, and, look, I, I compl- I, and I understand why people do. And I don't. And he's good in the ring. And he's fine. And he has a style. Um, it just. It's not necessarily one that has connected with me as much. So I. Yeah. Uh, me, nah. He he's he's got that death match. Uh, he he's he's got that background uh, and that style. Um, that's why I thought it really worked well with uh, with Roman and Seth. Um, I, I just there's something there about him. Uh, I say this: um, he came out and that crowd just went insane. He went up those stands, and uh, this was you know for those for, for those fans, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin esque. Um, they just the AEW fans love Moxley. Um, I just. Again, I, you know, I something there that I just never really could not only just connect. I just didn't like the style. Uh, I'm just not. A, I haven't been a fan of like New Japan stuff. I'm definitely not a fan of blood matches. I've never been a big fan of that. Light bulbs getting busted over people's head. And next week with Archer in Texas, I think they're in Fort Worth. Um, I'm just not going to be into that match. I thought this match with with Carl Anderson was fantastic. Uh, you know, Moxley, the, we did a top rope stun gun, uh, or gun stun. We did the ripcord lariat, um, uh, the paradigm shift for the win. I, uh, I don't know. Um, he, he's their star. He's their guy. He's one of them. Uh, but you know, I, I love his wife. I love listening to her podcast. <laughs> She's great. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, and I don't have great. any, I have zero in like Real like not I don't dislike him Oh I me, me, he me just, I just don't connect with him like as a To me like I don't get oh, Okay he wins and stuff like I'm not like all behind him There are others like you know I connect a lot more with Hangman Page right now you know oh, Just someone like, like that you know who's um Who's the the, the the page stuff so this was great The crowd loves him cowboy shit They're chanting <laughs> and And as he gets ready to challenge Kenny Omega uh, Callus walks out and then the Bucks, every week we see these dudes, they're in their jorts, they're in these rompers, they're in these like ridiculous uh, outfits that are like just like what the Miz would wear, but even more. And they got the facial hair that's just so awful. And he ended up, it was pretty good. You know, he's called Cowboy a drunk. And, uh, you know, and he's, he said, you know, uh, you're uh you're not the man you say you think you are. We know you're not that guy. Or so, there was a really good line there, and this is this is excellent. They waited, they uh, they waited, and now it feels good because they're going to set up a five on five elimination match where 
if the it's going to be Hangman and the Dark Order uh, against the Elite, and if the the Dark Order wins, Hangman gets a title shot against Omega, and the Dark Order gets a tag team title shot against the Young Bucks. And if they lose, neither team gets a title shot. This was great. I loved it. It set stuff up. Everybody seemed like they played their part well, and we we were. Concerned for a while where Omega was kind of Floating around and it was like okay He's he's doing stuff with sort of with like Pac and Jungle Boy And Orange Cassidy and guys we really Didn't think he was going to lose to This feels like a main event feud And you know what Remember how bad the Dark Order was at the beginning And everybody hated them And they're like these lovable losers Who have become more than that now Because they've got like this leader um, And they're like so loyal to their Leader that Everybody just loves them. This is fun. My only concern is when when, when this match takes place. When is it? We, uh, why didn't they tell us when it's coming? You know, I it's not next week. They, they the way they did it. I bet you the people at the crowd were probably I pissed. It was the end of the night. I was right. like, oh, it's coming. What? We're gonna get it. This match is gonna be an hour, right? I was like, how is this gonna go in the end of the night, right? But yeah, you're right. I. That's it, the thing. When is this it, coming? And as good as it was, and, and much better Kenny Omega, that's the Kenny Omega I want to hear talking on the mic. That's the stupid Don Callis stuff. Yeah. But I often wonder, you know Hangman Page and Dark Order have to win this match, right? It just, if they lose, they don't get it. So how does it work? Because it's an elimination style, and do you end up with, if you end up with Hangman and Kenny Omega as the final two, and Omega wins, it's over. Pretty much, unless it's you know, I I don't know. So it's I, I want to see how they how this match works. Um, I don't see Omega getting pinned. I can see maybe Hangman getting pinned early by some kind of crazy way, you know, in the Dark Order making the save, I, you know, and pinning one of the Young Bucks. I, you know, uh, the build is here, you know, like with Cross and Samoa Joe with with Page and and Omega. So I'm definitely not going to complain about it. I just want to. See how they protect both, I agree. both of these parties I agree that's the that's the going to be the interesting part how Who's taking the fall in which way and how you know mm-hmm. like yes. it's one of those things but but I'm interested I'm interested um Definitely. and and this is fun this is going to be good uh as uh it looks like um Andrade is uh says El Idolo is looking for the death triangle so we're probably going to get some uh, Andrade, uh, what Penta, which which should be fun. Like those should be good matches at least, and I'm sure they they probably have some sort of like past history to build on. So um, we'll see how they continue to build up uh, Andrade. Uh, Ricky Starks gets the win. Ricky Starks was over as hell. The crowd yeah, yeah. was just nuts for Ricky Starks here. Uh, he picks the up the win to get the FTW Championship. So. I, I team Taz like baby faces now. I don't. I don't know. This was going. Yeah, they. It was kind of. Yeah, it was weird how the they they kind of turn on Cage uh, there at the end. Starks, you know, this being right outside of Austin, and Starks has worked tons and tons in Texas. Uh, this this was no surprise. Starks is one of those guys again that uh, needs to be on TV every week. The guy can cut a promo. Uh, he's not the biggest. Of guys, so that's kind of limited him a little bit. Um, so maybe he probably needed help for a clean finish with with somebody like Brian Cage, but definitely seems like Team Taz now are baby faces. Unless Cage just goes rogue now and becomes this one man wrecking machine, and everybody gets behind. But uh, good to see Starks uh, uh, healthy um, and back in the ring, and now he's the FTF champion. I think somebody's 
one of the announcers called him the world champion. One of my complaints for this show was, to me, maybe it was just me, but it sounded like the announcers I just sounded like a little like they were in a like a phone booth. Off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something was like that far away one of my, almost. One of my, or, yeah. I have two big gripes, and this was one of my biggest ones. Nothing really wrong with, with the show. Again, I, I thought another segment coming up was kind of silly. I didn't think uh, uh, the Christian Cage Matt Hardy match felt, you know, very good to me. But, you know, I, I thought. When we got, oh, he's the new FTW world champion. I'm like, how many world champions we have tonight? But uh, good to right. see Starks to win. The uh, We got Malachi Black's uh, mm-hmm. but look back at his debut, and Cody comes out. Cody cut a pretty fiery promo. This good was promo. This, Yeah, it was, he, was, he grabbed the, the headset, and then he came out. Um, Black, uh, lights go out, and he first he cuts a little bit of a promo. He says that the crowd loved it when he knocked out Arn. And uh, and Cody was going crazy. Then uh, Black comes out, and this is another one that you know officials have to get them uh, separated. I can't imagine they're going to be waiting too long for these two guys to hook up. Then when they're no. already having the pull apart, yeah, we're having the pull apart this early. We, you know, uh, next week you could probably maybe do one more thing. I, I'm looking at next week. They've already announced four matches. Um, this week they've had they had six. Uh, even though we only had two in the first hour, I thought that was uh, interesting. There, um, definitely not next week, but uh, it's it's been told very well. You know, uh, Black I think is probably the the face here. I, I think the crowd is more behind him, uh, Tommy in than they are with Cody. Um, but if you got the pull apart already, yeah, we're uh, yeah, they're definitely going to get in the ring soon. We moved along to uh, uh, Tully was backstage uh, with Santana and Ortiz. Um, They go, uh, they come out on on Tully. They said they were taught to respect their their elders. Um, And then we got uh, after that. We got the page stuff. Um, Matt Hardy, Christian Cage. Okay, so the thing that was weird about this match. was the way it ended. It was like Christian is like out, and then he just comes in and hits the kill switch, and it's over. It's, it's over. really weird. Yeah, and they built up. You know, they tried to build up that Christian had never beaten Matt Hardy. The problem is, we haven't really seen Matt Hardy much at all. Um, last week, I think, or the week before, Christian Cage was kind of hanging out with Dark Order or Jungle Boy. No, Jurassic Express. Matt Hardy has been in and out of these these little factions and big money, Matt, I I don't know. The match really didn't do anything for me. I thought they were going to just monster massive pop for Matt Hardy. And I don't think he really didn't get it there. I thought Christian got the bigger of the pops. And I just thought that was, uh, I don't know. As I look back on AEW show, those two guys felt really, really old to me. And they they stuck out and didn't fit in with this roster. That's what I felt like. It did feel a little out of place. Luchasaurus puts Christian on his shoulders. And Christian's like looking around, kind of like, what's going on? Uh, as we get to the freaking redeemer here, Miro. Oh, my gosh. He's telling a story about a hero. He was lost. Um, voice came in and allowed him to remember who he was. The hero wasn't a selfish man. He forgave everyone who wronged him, and his reward was the title. He's willing to defend the title not only for his life, but for the life of his opponent. And he's the redeemer. And now he's got a new look with the belt. The white strap uh, got a little green. 
Um, hey, you know what? He's he's having fun with this. He's playing into it, and he comes off like an absolute psychopath, which is great. That's what we wanted. I mean, that is what we've been asking for uh, since his debut, and uh, it took us a while. And I'm okay to go through the crap if this is one of the results for him. And he's just a maniac, and that's what he needed to be. I, I thought that's probably what he needed to be in WWE at the beginning there. Uh, the Bulgarian Brute, I, I thought, um, I think at one time they called him the Bulgarian Nightmare. I thought they had the right idea with him, and then things just really got off the tracks there at the end with these weddings and with Lana and Bobby Lashley and all that stuff. But fantastic promo. I, I just, I, I like him. I've always been a fan of him. And uh, I, again, somebody we need to see on, on TV every week. We. Got a look at um, We got Sammy was was over too This was just kind of like sure. a, a little squash for Sammy Who came out flying around I mean the crowd was really hot for a lot Of these guys they make uh, they make them um, Feel like even bigger stars Which is what you want from a crowd They set up next week so we've Or oh we got to talk about Britt Baker sorry We got we got a couple <laughs> things we, we skipped Britt I skipped Britt before we were going to get to, to The next week and then Ethan um, This promo was Unbelievable oh my gosh She says you know you She says you know you think I'm on the Menu but I'm like on I'm off the Menu she's referencing just Incredible stuff she's so Confident she I mean she says I'm the champ but even if I wasn't the champ I don't need the title you need this Title it was she Is just oozing confidence And I can't like There are maybe Two or three people on this entire roster That feel like bigger stars than her Uh Gino let me Let me say this I, I Number one been a big Britt Baker fan for a long time Now um Got the uh Got the chance to see her live Um a couple of years ago here In Texas um Look we know she's not The greatest in ring performer uh, she's not as good as the Charlotte Flares and, and uh, you know, um, that's that's in WWE or NXT. But let me tell you what she has done. Um, I get I give AEW all the hell in the world as I, I do WWE, just not as much it, unless it's been on Monday night because I've been a real Debbie Downer with that. But I'm here to tell you this. Britt Baker is probably, in my opinion, not probably, she is the hottest female name out there today totally There's agree the, uh, look uh, look for weeks she was the biggest star on this roster she got the biggest pops uh she, she was making most the uh, uh the ruckus on social media it's about Britt baker um she deserves it um you know we we saw kind of what nyla come in there at the end uh on video and i think we're getting that match next week uh, Britt needs to, uh, you know, they've done everything right with her. I don't like this feud. That's not her fault, but her promos, I don't know where she's getting this stuff at, but it's unbelievable. She's on fire, man. She is. And like you said, amen to them because <laughs> she's great. Their women's division as a whole needs a lot of work. Sure. But she herself is a massive, massive star. Um, 
They get all set up for next week uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Moxley versus Lance Archer In the Dex- uh, Texas Death Match Jericho, Sean Spears uh, Where Spears can use a chair Oh, he forgot about that one too where <laughs> Spears, Spe- That was kind of funny Jericho's cutting his promo And Spears comes flying out of nowhere with the chair and uh, he's got the uh, he's got the five tasks that he has to uh, to to do now the the labors the five labors um, he the, I've actually heard teased that one of these things could actually lead to Braun Strowman oh as uh, like the fifth one or someone that MJF brings as another henchman to try to have Jericho need to beat and it could be something where Braun Strowman comes in actually it. And in my head, it's it's scary because it sounds exactly like what happened with the Big Show when he came in, what he did to Austin at uh, Valentine's Day Massacre, where he kind of like takes him out but loses the match or like loses, (laughs) and then he he always sort of was never like legit after that. No, you got knocked out by Floyd Mayweather, right? Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, For a long time, poor Big Show was a was an enemy of the booking there too. Um, This is funny. It's just because it's. I don't I don't have a problem with any of the stuff. I think it's just one of those things because it's gone on for a while, it just feels like okay instead of where their interactions used to be one of my favorite parts of the show that I was really looking forward to and now it's just like oh, okay, yeah, more MJF and, and Jericho. I don't hate it. It just oh yeah, I just I've seen a lot of it. And we're and it's going to get drug out. I, you're not yeah. gonna, I don't think we're going to see this every week. You know, we didn't see it this week. Uh, we were told about it. So next week, I- I'm sure we get it. Then the week after, we get a promo from M- MJF. So, I mean, if we're going five with this, this is two, two and a half month, you know, type deal that leads up to what September, right? They're big all out or uh, all in, whatever, whatever their next, uh, the Labor Day deal is there in Chicago. Um, yeah, I have, I- I'm. I'm not against it. It's just kind of something that has kind of been there for a while. And now what used to be the talk of the show is now like third or fourth on yes. the list for yep. me. You're right. And we got to the main event, Ethan Page, Darby Allen. Both these guys look great in this match. I was I was actually just kind of bummed out because I don't know if it was a timing thing or it, you know, it just, this this was something that suffered from AEW trying to put too much on a show because if you got gave this a few more minutes, these guys have a really good story to build on. But it seemed like it. It's funny because they were dragging out the sting and stuff, the sting stuff with them. But then as soon as it got to Darby and Ethan, it was like, oh, let's just quickly get this match out of the way. Even though these two guys could have a story to build on, Ethan's doing really good work. Um, and and I mean Darby's gonna hurt himself. He's gonna hurt it. He's gonna hurt himself with some of the stuff that he does. Like it, it's yeah. entertaining as hell. But he does the coffin drop after the match, even when the thing is over. When it's overwards, you know. Um, that was so, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought it it needed more time. Um, I thought you probably could have done away with Sakazaki and Penelope Ford. Even though I like Penelope Ford, I thought that match probably didn't need to be on. Uh, this week's show, I'm just looking at, you know, everything itself. I thought there were a couple silly, the QT Marshall deal and the factory with Tony Schiavone and he poured the, the, the pre-workout on his head. And then we go back to live and Tony Schiavone is there and it's like, okay, was this backstage? You should have said this was taped earlier. That could have been a segment probably done away with those two things to give this match more time. Uh, yeah. 
he's one of those jackass dudes that just like end up having to well, like Johnny Knoxville has to like catheterize himself every day to go. No, it's like room. why, bam! Like, you don't you need know? to do that. It's isn't it's that, it's that gif, right? It's like uh, yes. No, what's, what's that gif? It's like everyone asking, no one, you know, and he's just yes. doing it. Like nobody's yes. demanding you to do this, Darby. It's very Jeff Hardy, like you know, where it's like, no, don't do that. But you. You respect him, and it's it's in the in the same sense it's McFoley-ish, you know, like because you respect him because the stuff that he's doing is stupid sometimes, but he's doing it for the fans' love and adoration. He wants yeah. to be someone to show all of us, hey, look what I'm willing to do, and that's why he does have that kind of a connection with the fans. He has been another one we talked about, um, uh, Britt. I, I I didn't know what what to what they were gonna do with someone like Darby. You know, you never know with him. Like he he was someone that. Was he just going to be like a cool indie gimmick Or could he actually be someone that is like A player on a TV show And he absolutely is He is one of the biggest stars And the most consistent Like you know what you're going to get From a good Darby segment And he's he's done really well How many times has this kid main evented AEW Dynamite? Already I mean And, and, and in matches And in matches with like People were on paper You wouldn't have been like Oh that looks like a main event match Right because because he was the guy Carrying it it's not like he was the young guy In the main event against Jericho And against Cody and against these other Established Omegas which he's done But he was the guy Carrying like lesser named People yeah. into main event matches Where they still kept our interest He definitely Doesn't need Sting now um, You know Sting comes out uh, you know, we have the brawl as usual. We got to have brawls in AEW. It just makes always, sense. The, yeah, always. Um, he definitely is a standalone guy that uh, uh, <laughs> that is not only one of their biggest stars, but the fans are in love with this guy. And now, when you do live shows, it's when Darby he's in, in in a match as a fan. You're like, all right, everybody's got their cell phones ready. What is he going to do next? And I just hope this is not uh, this doesn't end, uh, you know, short his career any uh, career any because he is just uh, that, that kid's a madman, just a madman. So next week uh, we got fighter fight uh, fighter fest night two, Britt Nyla, Moxley Archer, Jericho Spears, Cassidy the Blade, um, and as they continue to uh, set up uh, big shows and Coop, I can't believe we're here. It was in, in particular. Um, throughout the pandemic You helped me quite a bit too Because when there were a lot of other sports That stopped as you mentioned Wrestling kept going And that was really when you started coming on this show a lot To help me out Because we started just covering more wrestling Since it was always there It was always well received The numbers were good People were listening People were paying attention I love talking about it with you Because you watch all of the shows too And you're not afraid to say positive or negative things About any of the shows that you like Or, or, or any of the shows that you're watching You go to a lot of indie stuff Locally so you've you've seen And and, um, and interacted even with uh, with Some of the people that we're starting to see now on AEW Or people that are coming up through NXT And and through WWE so I gotta Give you another big thank you too because I, It kind of seeing The crowds come back it just reminds me of How many times we talked over the last Year and a half about shows without Fans and uh, I'm really happy that We're gonna get to to hear the pops Now when these people come out when the music Hits or I can't wait for a surprise Reaction or like the money in the bank Cash in man I'm getting goosebumps just Thinking about the crowds back and you said That uh and I, I was reading it looks Like 
Um, for Houston, at least all the ticket sales have been really good for both AEW and WWE. Yeah, you know, Houston uh, is a big wrestling town, uh, Toyota Center. Now, look, you got to remember <clears throat> not to, you know, poop all over AEW. They're they're running in smaller buildings that WWE runs yep. in. Toyota Center, you know, uh, if they're doing full-blown production there, that's probably going to hold uh, 13,000, 14,000. I know AEW was in Cedar Park right outside of Austin at the HEB Center, and I think that was set up for around 3,000, maybe 3,500 for last night. But it's here. You know, it's, um, you know, fan, you know, live crowds, even with sports. Uh, you know, you can watch the Super Bowl. You can watch your favorite NFL team, baseball team, basketball team. Without fans there, it's just uh, it's it's a different world. It's just another element, the human nature element that uh, we've been accustomed, uh, you know, to to enjoy, and so do the participant, the athletes. Um, I it's it's going to see what you know. It's going to be real interesting as we go forward. You know, I didn't know if AEW would have plexiglass up. Uh, there wasn't I didn't see hardly anyone in mask uh, uh, at the arena. Um, the AEW was in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who's all in them in yeah. Houston and going forward. I know some buildings in some certain states require it. You know, I, I saw some fans that were not happy that they were going to this show in this state, and the arena's policy was, you know, if you come in, you're going to wear a mask. So, um, you know, hey, look, it's something still. Uh, w- we have to move on with this. I, look, I, you know, we, we can't stay holed up forever, um, especially in this country. That's not the way, you know, it works. You know, we've got to have, you know, money. We've got to have industry. Um, so we have to eventually move on. And I think wrestling has done a pretty good job with keeping everyone safe. You see all the, especially WWE, kudos to them, you know. Yep. Whether you're against the vaccinations or not, you know, they have been out there trying to promote it. Uh, other companies really have it. Um, and now what we're, we're a month away from, we saw the trailer for AEW's new show rampage Yeah, starts here on a, on a Friday. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be taped right. Uh, and shown that Friday. So that's going to be interesting. And you have a really interesting pay-per-view, at least a couple of matches this Saturday at impact slam anniversary, Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan and a no DQ match. I don't know what they're going to do, but that belt has to come back to impact. And the other interesting match there is Deanna Perrazzo defending uh, the knockouts championship against a mystery opponent. I don't know if it's going to be, uh, I don't know if you go Chelsea Green, who showed up in ROH over the weekend at their big pay-per-view, best of the world. She's going there, even though she hasn't signed with anybody. There's some interesting things that are going to happen this weekend and Saturday night. Uh, well, Friday night with WWE first with the loud crowd SmackDown and then Saturday night impact. They've got to find a way to get that title off Kenny Omega on Saturday night. Coop, a loop, Chad Cooper, the, uh, the best in when it comes to, uh, wrestling to combat sports, uh, is Chad Cooper. He knows that all scoops Coop is what we call him. And, uh, <laughs> Coop, uh, out the, if you follow Chad at the Chad Cooper, you see him, uh, now, um, more events back, uh, opening back up for, uh, for Coop taking pictures out there, uh, concerts, shows over at the casino, all sorts of fun stuff. We can live vicariously through Chad Cooper when you follow him <laughs> on social media, on Twitter and, uh, on Instagram. Buddy, uh, thank you so much, man. I'm 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 really excited because now we have uh, just feels like 
Big big week big week and like a couple big months coming up. Money in the bank. We'll have a lot to talk about to recap and we'll uh curious to see the reactions. Who who's gonna be a little more over than we thought and who's yeah. not, right? Like who are who are the fans gonna be more excited and who are the fans gonna be less excited to see than we thought? I'm I'm kinda curious. Yeah, and you know, WWE fans, uh excuse me, the WWE universe is not the same type uh of the AEW. Um it's gonna be interesting to see who they hijack. Because uh, they will turn on you uh, in a heartbeat, uh-huh. and a WWE could pivot and do certain things, but that's what makes this fun, right? If everything w- was so, uh, you know, somewhat uh, like-minded, new- yeah, 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 you know. So this this one makes it really, really fun, and uh, it's just a good time to be a sports fan. You know, we're at the end of the NBA playoffs, or it's all tied up. The All Star break and MLB is over with. Training camps start here at the end of the month. Football. College football, you know, they start up uh, practicing at the 1st of August, so it's a good time for to be a sports fan. Make sure to give Chad a follow at the Chad Cooper on Twitter and on Instagram. Coop, thank you so much, buddy. Look forward to chatting with you again next week. You got it, my friend. It's Chad Cooper there. Give him a follow. Do not go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more here on That's What She Said. Coop Loop. You can hear the excitement in our voice. We are both pumped up as the fans return to the WWE. They're back now with AEW, and wrestling should be uh, really, really good moving forward for the summer with a, a nice energy now. And uh, this was a fun show. Had a lot of fun chatting wrestling with Chad this week. Really enjoyed uh, a couple first-time guests on the show with Dustin and with Ben. We got America's number one sports fan. We got Ben, uh, one of uh, America's biggest Dodger fans. And uh, we'll have to get both of them back on the show uh, regularly. Good luck this weekend with the big racing on Saturday, Saratoga, Del Mar, Monmouth. Um, and you probably listen to some of this on Friday for some of you too. So good luck on Friday if you hear it before then. And we will be back next week with low-key season finale recap and kind of overall series thoughts. We'll get you some Black Widow thoughts. We'll get into the racing from Saratoga from Del Mar. We'll pick up uh, with baseball the weekend from the Dodgers, and we'll continue to see what's happening in the NBA Finals. We're going to start prepping for the NFL season soon. It just never stops, keeps going, keeps going here on That's What G Said.